Blog Talk Radio. Of course, on the guitar, I 
seen a dude around Atlanta. Yeah. So fun. I mean, he's funky with it too. Yeah, Brandon Thomas. Brandon Thomas. I mean, he's funky. You know what I mean? You guys got your way to have your weight up, though. You know what I'm saying? You want to give him some play with you, you might have to. Exactly. See? See? Yeah, yeah. See? You know, stuff like that. See? See? Yeah, I had to get my thing together to, to get this cat to play with me. I've seen him with uh, Julie Dexter. He's with Angie Stone quite a bit. Uh, okay. Man, I can't remember. A bunch of people, you know what I mean? But right off the bat, I've seen him, like, in a small place. I'm like, I'm getting there. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, okay, yeah. so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're just going to get into it. How about yeah, that? All right, let's go. Um, man, Anthony David, you know, and Brandon um, on the top oh, also. Yeah. Um, cut that music and let's, you know, let's play some songs. You, you do right. what you do. Okay. We're going to get right into it. Let's go. Brandon on guitar, and, uh, drums, uh, so, again, this is uh, from the album As Above, So Below, but this version actually is on I Told Us Talk. Set up, this one is called Let Me In, right? Hey. It's gonna be a really heartache to cry. Boy, you try to resist, you keep on there. The ADT on your heart. Thank you. 
My Ihotep, Grand Rising, Better Love. You are listening to Dr. Robert X. Form by way of Truth to Power. I'm Beverly. Dr. Robert X is doing a series on white supremacy and black faith. And as they say, everything looking bad is good and everything good is bad. How you doing this evening, Dr. Robert X? <laughs> oh, that's just the best. <laughs> you be you be right on the money <laughs> because that's what uh, the appeared uh-huh. today. Go ahead, Bill. Yes, I saw that video last night, and I I did my little poll today. I was asking people about it, and most people said that he was wrong. I think they both was wrong. You know. Uh, he kept telling her to be quiet, and she kept running off at the mouth. So, and I didn't see that, Bear. See the I video? video. But it's it's just like it. Basically, I said what happened. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just a tragedy. Mhm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, he just, he had two little girls, you know, now they dead, they don't have a dad. And, I mean, she was just study talking, and he kept telling her, shut up, be quiet, just be quiet, just go on. In other words, leave me alone, and you know, and she kept talking, and he went in, and it, it went down. It's a tragedy See? all the way on both sides. And, I and you know, her yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, and I mean, even her son, you know, he, he got to live with that, that he murdered somebody. You know, that's got to affect him some kind of way. All because she couldn't shut her mouth. And I knew that was the case I, because yeah, it, that's what I see as a predominant factor with a lot of these black women that end up getting in trouble. They don't know how to shut yeah. their mouth. And all she had to do was be quiet. He kept saying, just be quiet, be quiet, keep, keep, and she just it kept on. And now this man, and I said this last night, that man got family mm-hmm. too. So how you just going to let this two. woman out of jail right. based on premeditated murder? See, right. ain't nobody hit harder than Mike Tyson. But everybody that Mike Tyson knocked down got up. Mm-hmm. So that's no reason for you to call somebody to have them to kill somebody mm. because they hit you. See? And I know uh, that's the emotion of the thing, that her son, like me or anybody else, is going to respond. That's normal. Okay, if if she had had her daughter in the car and uh, text her daughter to get the gun because this guy is uh, intimidating her, her daughter would have killed him. So the mm-hmm. fact that it was as opposed to a young girl has nothing to do with it. It's all emotion. But that's yep. one of our biggest downfalls, Bear. We haven't yep. learned how to deal with each other. Uh, from a non-emotional standpoint. Yeah. And when you let your it's emotions sad. guide you, remember there, some years ago we said, 
In the future, you're going to have to learn how to deal with your emotions because the technology that they're going to put out here is going to be able to determine where you are mentally and act accordingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, this is the unfortunate thing. Mm-hmm. Two black women are bought into this fake paradigm that somehow they have extra rules that apply to them. They are now free, okay, free of everything and everybody, and they can do whatever they want to because you got a women's month, right? Mm-hmm. I think what in, in March. Oh, I didn't even know they had a women's month. See, and as as, as uh, the family stated last night, all of this is part and parcel of this fake feminine. Because mm. we said this early on, Bear, there's nobody, these people that are pushing world government, hate more than the women. Look at what they're doing to them. Yes, but even more so now, Bear, because they send the Mm ex-women out of the equation and try to replace them with fake women. That's men. Yeah. They ain't never stood up for women like this in nothing. Okay, you can go back to the suffrage movement with women's rights to vote. And the system didn't stand up for women back then the way they standing up for these trannies today. So that should make every woman, I don't care what your color is, that should make every woman pause because that means you're a target. And you are the target because of your capacity to reproduce. Look at all the hell they raised over abortion, Bear. And when you saw them women out there raising hell over abortion, you saw a lot of trannies out there with them. So I don't understand, while I do understand, why, and I can't be too concerned about the other women, because my love and, and and commitment is to black women. So I ain't here to speak to a large degree on the behavior of other women. I just noticed that over the last 20-some years, maybe almost 30 years now, the behavior of black women is going down, 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 down. When you start hearing black women calling each other bitches, that lets you know where our women are at this point. If they ain't calling each other bitches, they're calling each other hoes and all this kind of stuff. In my day, if you call a woman a bitch, the next thing you saw happening was two bad feet women with, with shoes in their hands beating the hell out of each other. It's crazy, bear. But that's what mm-hmm. women call a woman a bitch, and them shoes coming off, and the fight <laughs> is on. 
you wouldn't dare call a man a bitch. I Absolutely. Mean, and I'm and I'm hearing these people, these women calling men bitches, and and I'm and I'm like, what? That was you couldn't dare let that come out your mouth back in the day, Absolutely. not to a man, a woman either, but especially a man. It's almost like they're immortal. They feel like they're immortal, like they can get with get get away with anything. And it's because the system mm-hmm. has told them that. You don't need no man. Yeah. They started from the, the music. You don't need no man. You got to have a J-O-B if you want to be with me. Mm-hmm. So this stuff didn't just happen overnight. They have been uh, nurturing this stuff for decades. They told Somebody me, in the chat. Why would you give up your last name? Don't be giving up your last name to no man. So now she got two last names. She take his last name and her last name. Nah, and, and I had and I go ahead. Mm-hmm. go ahead. Somebody in the chat guy in the chat room, uh I think that's Derek. He said that he was called a a broke he he was called a broke bitch by a woman. Yep. I hope he just walked it off. Yes. Oh, my God. I wouldn't even utter that out my mouth. Not to, you know, I don't do it to a woman unless, I mean, I'll do it to a woman if, if, if I'm mad, but I, I just, I can't see myself calling a man a bitch. I just can't see it. I'm with you, Bear, and I don't see myself calling a woman no bitch. Mm-hmm. Nope sides of the sexual spectrum, but both of us have enough respect for ourselves and our people that we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you you add the culture, this fake culture that they've created, that's all sex, all nasty, all the time. It's all fake. It's to bring about a desired result and that is a separation of men and women. So I knew that was the circumstances of what happened in that restaurant, because I can't tell you how many mm-hmm. times I've seen in, in her case, I did see a picture of her. She's a big little girl. Okay? But there, I've seen 98-pound women do that. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And what that says is you have no respect, first of all, for yourself, and you don't have no respect for anybody else. Your child and no one. How could you just put that on your child? That is correct, man. Don't even think about it. Mm. Okay? Mm. In Chicago, she'd be in jail right now. best thing that could have happened to her is she in Chicago and all the lawyers in the country couldn't keep her out of jail because that's premeditated murder. By the same token, these little boys out here, let me put it like this. They're equally yoked. They're just as bad. But you expect that, that unruly behavior from men. You don't expect it from women. 
who somehow act like men. And I have to plead guilty, family, because for decades I didn't want to see this behavior. And people who have been around me coming to the forums for decades have been saying that the women are just, they gone. Uh, even uh, one of my family members a few years back, one of the Truth of Power family members told me, man, these women are gone, man. You can't do anything with these mm. women. And I think we were talking about how these women will, I can't pick a, 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 a better word or a different word, go to different countries and sell their bodies to make money and then come back and go on social media and brag about it. I had never heard about that. Never heard of that before. Okay, but I do know of several instances. Again, I wasn't prepared to accept this as a part of some norm. I know, uh, as Kanye would say, you've always had gold diggers out here. That ain't mm-hmm. nothing new. But they've taken gold digger to a different level. Some of these women have master's degrees in gold digging. And you can look at what they do with the athletes who are dumb as a box of rocks. They see a big booty and some fake breasts. And what they do, they jump on it immediately. And what happens? Well, let's go and look at uh, the the young uh, idiot uh uh, from the New Orleans Pelicans who jumping out of his gym shoes. Okay. He went and got one of them big booties and big titties, some so-called Instagram mo- I never heard of Instagram models until a couple of years ago. Right here on Tooth of Power. Never heard of it. So now he jammed up because she got pregnant purposely. He ain't the only one. <laughs> one of them little bald dudes got jammed up, and then one of his teammates got jammed up, and the Kardashians are legendary for it. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong. But now this dude uh, in New Orleans that's jumping out of his gym shoes is paying this woman a million dollars a year. Now, he's 19 or 20 years old. But he on the hook for at least $25 million over the lifetime of the baby. Well, now, what does that breed? There's a football player. I think he played for the Jacksonville Jaguars a few years back, and he was a starter. He got this girl pregnant and ended up having her killed, or he killed her himself. I forget exactly the the circumstances. Because she jammed him up. But he's stupid enough to step into the jam. So I would caution all these young uh, so-called athletes 
if you can't spread it on no bread, don't try to eat it because it ain't jam. So, yeah, Bear, I'm not surprised, but it's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. yeah. I saw the, the uh, a little photograph of her with her lawyer, mm-hmm. and she's angry. She should run mm-hmm. to that man's family, if at all possible, and get out on her knees and apologize to him. He has. Two little girls. I, I saw a picture of him and his two little girls. That's terrible. It yeah. really is. But, Bev, that story is repeated all over the place. That's why I got zero tolerance for black people killing black people. And I'm surprised that other black people don't have that. I'm just surprised. Because I can't tell you uh of somebody that I dislike to the point that I want to kill him. And I got some severe dislikes for a couple of people. But I don't want to kill him. I want them to stay here and suffer because they're really nasty people. And uh, Boo Boo Johnson is one of them. <laughs> nasty, nasty dude. Nasty attitude. Okay, and that's why I already told people, I don't care how long he's here, he'll never accomplish what he set out here to accomplish, never. I said that seven, eight years ago. Nothing has changed until he apologized, first and foremost, to black women that he abused. Remember, Ben? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to go sleep with a woman and then when, uh, while you're telling people that you celibate, and then when you get caught, you basically want to dog her. No. No, no, sir. No, sir. Men hold up to their responsibility. If you did it, just say you did it. Go on with your apologies. Apologize to the black community. But you don't never have to apologize to me. But you certainly owe the black community who you rely on an apology. And you owe that sister an apology. I don't care if she's taking off her skin, whether she's a stripper or not, has nothing to do with it. I ain't here to jump on all strippers. I'm here to jump on the stripper that allowed themselves to be used by the body politic to denigrate black women by telling them to take their big asses to the polls because the stripper is dancing on the pole. And we saw that happen in the last election. Uh, Dr. I'm here. I got to step. Dr. Eric, just keep talking. Yeah. I got to step away for two, three minutes. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, family. So I'm trying to keep it 100 and even on both sides, 100 on both sides. The same thing applies to this idiot, this young rapper that looked like he was uh, weaned on pig feet uh, who made the rap song. And I, I don't even remember the name of the rap song or how it went. But he went and, and uh, gerrymandered, uh, roker rigged the lyrics in the song uh, 
to tell black people, I think it was about going to get a shot. Okay, and he will allow himself to be used like that when he knows. Every black person in this country knows the relationship between black people and the medical community. That's one of the primary reasons why black people are the last people to go to the hospital. We don't go until we absolutely have to because of our relationship historically based on the disrespect that we receive in these so-called medical institutions. So uh, we, we got to get this in order. But the first thing we got to do to get this in order is to admit that both of us are at fault. Okay? Both of us are at fault. And if we don't deal with that, we're not going to survive. I'm going to say this again. I don't care how much melanin you got in you. A damn fool with some melanin is nothing more than a damn fool with some melanin. And by the way, to the family that sent me Carol Barnes' book, yes. 30-plus years ago I read that book. It was all the rays. I remember it well. And I appreciate you sending me another copy uh, of it. Now, I'm going to try my best to try to download it. <coughs> I ain't going to try my best. I'm going to do it. Because I've got other books here uh, that deal with melanin that I've managed to keep over the years. So I'm more than familiar with the properties of melanin. I just enjoy when I'm doing my research and I run across an article that's happened uh, several times before with Asians and white people talking about the properties of mel- of melanin. But I have to say this, because even Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has come out and talked about the dangers of the SSRIs, the se- Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitors. And if you study melanin the way I have, and I'm not claiming to be no expert, but I know enough about it, that both melanin and serotonin have to be at certain levels. And if those levels are over uh, specification or under specification for, for either one, you add a balance. You are not in my eye. Because no matter how much we try to run from it, we are talking about feminine and masculine energies and feminine and masculine chemicals that make us who we are, period. So that's why I encourage people to do a little research on serotonin. All right? And just a a little sidebar for those who may not know, it basically deals with your spiritual parameters. See? That sister who got that brother killed got a bunch of melanin in her. But the the language coming out of her mouth says that she doesn't have the proper spiritual parameters. Not at all. And that's what serotonin does. Okay? So she's straight out of balance. 
and it has nothing to do kissing somebody's ass or pucking out or anything, any of that has everything to do uh, in terms of knowing when to fight your battles. Because she was in a situation with a man in a restaurant late at night where how's she going to win that battle? You're not going to win that battle. Walk out the restaurant, get in your car with your son, calm down, and when dude leaves, go in there and order your food. And you can apply that to a whole lot of situations. And I know I ain't telling the family nothing that you ain't seen for yourself. Don't worry about trying to impress your friends when you're out here in the street because everybody packing. That's the first thing that should come to your mind today. Who ain't got guns? So don't just assume because you got one that the person that you're talking to don't have one. So we got to learn how to deal with each other a little bit better than we do. And that's why we start saying better love on this program. That's the reason why. That ain't for nobody else but us. Because we need it. Badly. And it don't mean we can't be uh, uh, or critique each other. That's good, too. Before I marry my wife, I'm I'm going to critique her. And I know she's going to critique me. Because if we don't, we don't know what we like and what we don't like. Okay? Uh, back, in the, back in the day, during the super old school, they used to call it coating. They coating. Well, what is coating? Well... You, when you're coating somebody, you basically finding out all of the nuances about them, the things that they like, the things that they don't like, uh, where they like to go, uh, what they like to do, what they like to eat. You're finding out each other's interests. Okay? It ain't about smashing. See, the respectful term was coating. Now, they done turned it in. Everything is nasty. So now it's smashing. I smashed that. Well, what do you smash? Picture yourself smashing something. And for the most part, when you're smashing something, that means that's something that you really don't like. So when does having a sexual relationship turn into smashing. Like one of the songs uh, uh, Sister Bear played earlier, uh, Level. When you, when you begin to coat somebody, <clears throat> you're basically looking for somebody on your level. Okay? And then if they're not, you go head on. No harm, no foul. You see, if a brother's out there on the corner and he see a good-looking sister or he's walking down the street and he see a good-looking sister, 
and he speak to her and she don't speak back for whatever her reason. You don't know what she's been dealing with that day. Don't get bent out of shape and start calling her out of her name because you don't know what that woman went through earlier in the day. And again, the same applies for what happened in that restaurant. I don't know what that sister went through during the day. She could have had just one hell of a bad day. It happened. And hit him too. I was just getting ready to say that, Bear. The same applies <laughs> to the brother. So that's why when you come at things, you approach things in a different way. You'll find the results are different because generally if somebody has had a bad day, uh, they will even tell you about it because in most cases they're looking for somebody to vent, right? Mm-hmm. At a bad day, you want to go home and, and tell your woman or your man, uh, you know, about the, the how bad that day was because you're looking for some comfort from them. But that's why it's so important. That's why it's so important that we need to raise our vibration because you got to be able to feel people too, you know? Exactly, yes. Yes, yes, yes. But it's difficult to do that, Bev, when you're out of balance. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. We got to get raised our vibration, get back in balance. Exactly. So melanin and serotonin. Mm-hmm. Just melanin. Because we already got that. We can look at our pigment and see that. But when them little boys shot that cop, and then the youngest one that, that did the shooting, he took credit for it like it was a badge of honor for killing this woman. <laughs> So she's a, he, they didn't know she was a cop. She just getting off work at 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm. But he's bragging about it. Bragging. And then we pumping up people like King Vaughn. That's why he in his grave right now. That's just why he in his grave. I don't care how much money he made. All right? Um... Uh, um, ain't no Walmart in hell. So you can't take the money with you. All right? Your shopping days are over. So the money don't matter. They plan us, Bear. They plan us like this. Yeah. Yeah. We've been hoodwinked. That is correct. And we just got to be able to, as you said, Bev, raise our vibratory level. And I'm telling you, I'm not saying this just to be saying it. As one who has experienced it, I'm here to tell you, you'll be surprised the kind of things you'll begin to attract and repel when you raise your vibratory level. It's extremely important. That we and I don't know why um, uh, there needs to be a handbook. Somebody needs to write this book, okay? Somebody needs to write this book 
on how to how we need to behave towards each other. It's badly needed. Seriously. Because there's a bigger thing going on out here, family. <clears throat> a much bigger thing that most of us are just not aware of. And the reason I say that is based on our behavior. I keep, I, y'all know I've been saying it's the best indicator of where we are. It's our behavior. We know that behavior at this point in time is always being modified in a variety of different ways, be it with 5G, the food, uh, other technologies, cell phones, and a host of other things. When you're talking about we're at war and you said a silent war, I'm in total agreement with that. Well, if we're in war, we need to have a strategy on how we're going to fight back. And first and foremost, we need to know who the damn enemy is. And the enemy ain't that average brother or sister that you may not like. It ain't them. It's something far greater. What we need to be able to do is to recognize those of us who choose to wear blackface. And let me show you how interesting this is, Bear. When they first started making movies in this country, and y'all know who's running that industry, one of the paradigms in the movie industry was Jewish people acting like black people wouldn't hire us, but they would put on blackface and act like us. And one of the uh, famous dudes who did it was a guy named Al Jolson. That's what he was known for, being in blackface and coming out and singing songs during the vaudeville era, but then moving into the movie era. So one of the earlier uh, categories in Hollywood was white men in blackface. And, of course, we all know how they depicted us. And I don't care what they do. I still see all of the stereotypes, no matter how much they try to hide them. I I still see all of the stereotypes today. They just done differently. For the last 30-plus years, when they want to interject a black person in a movie role, if there's a police chief, is always the black. Is now is now is a black woman. So that was like 
the spot where they could interject a black person if they needed to put a black person in a movie. Okay? Uh, overwhelming majority of, of movies with blacks and whites interjected with each other, the love interest in the movies are always going to be between the white man and, and the white woman. The black person, Samuel Jackson, is always a sidekick. So these are things that they know that they're not comfortable with because they exist in the world of make-believe. They created this facade. It's not real. Okay, and the same goes for the black woman. The black woman, if, if she's in a movie that's uh, uh, with white people, particularly if it's a white star, <clears throat> that black woman is nothing more than a sad chick. She's like the little round white girl uh, that wear the glasses in Scooby Doo. <laughs> I don't, I don't know her name, but so I don't he, either, he, and I. I heard they made her gay now. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> somebody got to be. And by the way, since you bring that up, you probably notice as well <clears throat> that many of the women that they're hiring in the movie roles, black, are gay. Well, for that matter, the men too. Seems like that's all, all Hollywood. You gotta participate up being that to even be in Hollywood. Yes, but more so today than ever before. Right? Because didn't nobody care? Could nobody tell? If you was in the closet and many men and women over the years were in the closet, right? Classic example. They made, uh, uh, thank you, thank you, guys. Velma. Yeah, that's her name, Velma. That's a gay name if I ever heard one. With all due respect to everybody's name, Velma. <laughs> yeah, Velma. Yeah, she she straight up been on the edge for for about thirty years. <laughs> thirty years now, she's been leaning. Uh, towards being gay. I forgot my, my name. I, I didn't know nobody knew that woman's name, Velma. <laughs> that is amazing. But family, what we're talking about here is really the face of white supremacy. And they want to take that face, that, this small little root, and paint everybody else's face while their face is untouched, unblemished. No criticism for anything that they do. Don't you dare do that. No matter what they're involved in, no matter who they are. George Soros can be the scum of the earth, but don't you dare criticize him even though he hates Jews. Okay? But if you criticize, you are called an anti-Semite. 
<laughs> okay, now, y'all got to help me out with this one. Because that's insane. Unless you understand the system of white supremacy. It uses everything at its disposal to keep you in check. And if you look throughout the Biden White House with all the stuff, all the nasty stuff going on and the criminal behavior, look at the people all around him who really call in the shot. The two people that are in the most trouble in this administration now, matter of fact, if you if you put my in there, supposed to be in charge of the border, right? If you put him in there, you got the three uh, people. Secretary of State, uh, the Attorney General, right? They talk teaching them. They lie so much, it's just unbelievable. And my office, those three, those are the ones that you hear about all the time. Okay? Uh, those are the handlers. And they didn't do anything to earn where they are. But let me just give you, family, a quick little little burst of energy here. I think you'll find this interesting. Because I remember... When these things happen, this happened on my watch. And if it was on my watch, we talked about it at the forum 30 years ago, and we did. But the mind is so fragile that you're not constantly being uh, having your mind massaged about certain things. You will forget. And then I saw this doing some of my research and I said the family will really understand what I'm talking about here in terms of the real system of white supremacy and who calling the shots. Okay? Because this is the salve for those who may consider wearing blackface in the real system of white supremacy. Check this out, family. If I can make sure of this. Okay, I should play now. Uh oh. Too soon. Okay. Whoops, still too soon. I get it this time. Yeah. Let me go back here just a little bit. This is going to blow your mind, family. Okay, now. Reuters reports that an Israeli-American teenager was found guilty in Israel on Thursday of making about 2,000 hoax bomb threats against Jewish and other institutions in the United States and elsewhere. The defendant has been separately indicted for hate crimes in several U.S. states. There, he was named as 19-year-old Michael Kadar. Listen to a terrorist threatening his own country. 
The streets of America shall run red with blood. He was a suburban California kid, a lover of heavy metal, who became one of the most wanted men on the planet. The grandson of a Jewish doctor, Adam Perlman, morphed into Adam Gadon, the American mouthpiece of Al-Qaeda. September 11th demonstrated that America is not invincible. He was accused... Did, did you hear that, Ben? Would he say America is not invincible? No, no. What was said before that? This dude, who is a Jew, his mm-hmm. name is really Michael Kadan. I'm sorry, his real name is Michael Perlman. Okay? But they made him the face of Al-Qaeda, but he's Jewish. So he's American Al-Qaeda. And I remember dealing with this when it happened. And we were pointing out then that this dude was Jewish. So they get one of their own, and they turn him into an Al-Qaeda leader here in America. And I can tell you how many times this same thing has been repeated over and over. That's the point. You thinking that it's an Arab, like that six-foot-seven-inch-tall six Arab that was cutting off all these people's heads. And right. coincidentally, one of the dudes was a doctor named Perlman. Little thin little Jewish guy that had glasses on. Now, what was interesting is we subsequently found out that all that was fake. Because whenever they got to the head chopping part, all of a sudden they cut the tape. All right? So they all wearing orange jumpsuits and they got them down on their knees with their hands behind their back. And this big six foot seven inch British guy. Speaking perfect with a perfectly British accent, but he Al Qaeda. I said no, he wasn't Al Qaeda. He was Al Jostein. That's why they wore the mask. Al Qaeda wore the mask, and then when Al Qaeda got uh, a so-called Al Qaeda and ISIS got melted, all of a sudden here comes Antifa. Right on cue, wearing masks. Because you cannot know who they are. Let's go on. Being the rarest of criminals, a traitor, the first person charged with treason against the U.S. since the World War II era. But even after those charges, Gadan was unrepentant. In 2011, urging radicals to attack inside the U.S. Adam Gadon, the so-called American Al-Qaeda who uh, proclaimed himself the media maven, if you will, for Al-Qaeda. He was uh, helping to produce a lot of these so-called Al-Qaeda videos that were all over the Internet that made Al-Qaeda look really bad and made the Muslims look bad. So you fail to comply with all. We will give sufficient justification to continue to fight and kill Americans. Come to find out, Adam Gadon's real name was Adam Perlman. And not only was he, in fact, Jewish, he was the grandson of a member of the board of the Anti-Defamation League. What? What did you say? Did you hear that, Ben? 
Yes, they always uh, have a relative or somebody that's a CIA or a member or something. Bear, you ain't sitting on the board of the Anti-Defamation League unless you got <laughs> Dallas the Juice. He's the grandson of a board member of the Anti-Defamation League. Let me let me play that little piece again. Pay attention, family. Remember, the ADL is a Masonic organization, an adjunct, a piece of B'nai B'rith. And we told you, they got to take down Christianity because that's their biggest competitor. So that's why they're attacking America, and particularly the white Christians. But as soon as they get rid of them, if you think you got you some Islam, you better uh, get you some Allah Akbar because they're coming at you next. You're just not a threat at this point. When they get through with the Christians, then they're coming for you. And they're going to say the black Christians for last. But they're coming at your asses too, these Negro ministers. They're coming at you. Now, you can think they ain't because you placating this LGBT stuff, but you on the chopping block, too. They ain't never like you because they got your history. Let's keep going. Let's play this again. Pay attention, family. Claimed himself the media maven, if you will, for al-Qaeda and was uh, helping to produce a lot of these so-called al-Qaeda videos that were all over the Internet that made al-Qaeda look really bad and made the Muslims look bad. If you fail to comply with all, we will see sufficient justification to continue to fight and kill Americans. Come to find out, Adam Gadon's real name was Adam Perlman. And not only was he, in fact, Jewish, he was the grandson of a member of the board of the Anti-Defamation League. And if you've been following the history of the Anti-Defamation League, you will find out they've been very much involved in covertly supporting a lot of these so-called American Nazi movements. In fact, uh, all the way back, just about the time of World War II, there was this scandal where the head of the American Nazi Party, which had a total membership of like six, and yet they were getting all this, this press, um, was arrested for embezzlement from his sponsors, which turned out to be the ADL. That kind of blew up in their face. So anyway, we had Adam Perlman, and he was going around saying, I'm Al-Qaeda, I'm Al-Qaeda, see, I've got a turban on my head, I'm a terrible Muslim, got to hate me, got to be afraid of me. And, of course, everybody's laughing at it now because we all know who he is. Okay, so they have brought in the understudy, and there is a new American al-Qaeda named Yusuf al-Khattab. Ooh, big scary name. And they've got a picture of him out there where he's holding all these guns and knives and he's dressed up like a wannabe Rambo and he's scowling at the camera and he supposedly has this website with things in it like pictures of the Statue of Liberty with an axe right in the back of the head. I mean, very heavy-handed, very over-the-top. There was also a link to a puppet show mocking Danny Pearl's beheading. Take a look. Oh, this is it. You know, family, you you have to see this video. It's obvious that the the Arab that they had cutting off the head was the head of a dummy. He had a dummy 
and he just, like he got a hacksaw in his hand, he just sawing and sawing and sawing, and the dummy, the whole body is moving at, in, at the same, moving in the same direction, <laughs> not a way. It's unbelievable, man. But this is another fake Al-Qaeda, right, that is another Jewish guy, but they done turned him into Al-Qaeda. I'm going to say it again. It ain't Al-Qaeda. It's Al Goldstein. In more like the movie, uh, than, uh, than anything else here. So, uh, as it turns out, this is another fake. His real name is Joseph Cohen. He's a 39-year-old university taxi driver, as you mentioned. He, he, he uh, calls himself Joseph Austin Dom, but he was born Joseph Cohen. Here Joseph here, Cohen. He's a Jew. He, he called himself Al Katab, but his real name is Joseph Cohen. <laughs> and by the way, the, the little Jewish guy that they claimed was getting his hair cut off, his name was Daniel Pearl. I said Pearlman. Let's go on. And he is another manufactured front to try and convince Americans that Al-Qaeda is actually here in the United States. This is why we've got to be doing this, uh, doing surveillance on the American people and reading their email and listening to their phone calls and all this stuff because you never know when we're going to get into a situation uh, with the American Al-Qaeda. And it's all a front. It's a fake. He's up there. He's, he's there to try and create an enemy that doesn't really exist in order to justify the totalitarian treatment of the American people. And Now, the dude that's narrating this, he's, he's a Jew himself, but he'll, he'll basically call them out. And to encourage us to go and attack them before they kill us. They're already here on the home front. We've got to go bomb those darn, those gosh darn Muslims. Because they're they're infiltrating America and they're 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 ripping tags off of couch cushions and they're causing global warming and we've got to go in this it's nonsense it's all war propaganda. Do those reports worry you that Israel's helping wounded Al Qaeda aligned fighters? As I said before, in a different context. Wait before I play this. This the uh, lay the groundwork for your family. During the fighting between uh, 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 two Arab factions, the Jews were basically helping one faction, okay, taking them to Jewish hospitals. And that lets you know that they weren't really Arabs, okay? So what they then did was they went and got Ephraim Halevi, who's the former director of Mossad, and that's who you hear talking right now. You get ready to answer right now. The Mossad. It's always useful also to deal with your enemies in a humane way. Al-Qaeda, to the best of my recollection, has up to now not attacked Israel. It's attacked your number one ally and protect. And we kept saying that, Ben. How is it that Al-Qaeda skipped right over Israel? Right? right? They never attacked Israel, but they want to attack Iran? They want to attack Saudi Arabia? They want to attack uh, Syria? But they skip right over Israel. And that should have told everybody everything they needed to know. 
Because guess what? These same fake people, these aliens, then begin to uh, foment the so-called immigration movement to Europe, where the Arabs, by the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands, are allowed to go to Europe to immigrate because they know that's going to do what? That's going to create all kind of tension and violence everywhere they put all these Arabs because of the culture differences, and they know it. But that's what they want. Well, they can sit on the sideline and watch the actions as the whites, the white Christians and the Arabs begin to fight each other. Okay? And that's what they're doing here. Same thing. They are running all of this stuff. And I forget the Jewish member of parliament is a white girl. She came out and said it openly. That we know we're going to get blamed for this. And yes, we're behind it, but it has to be done with some fake multiculturalism or some fake inclusion because you ain't included in B'nai B'rith. You are not included in ADL, and you damn sure ain't included in Is It Real? Sector and sponsor in the United States of America. There was a quote-unquote war on terror being going on for 15 years. This was the same ADL that was instrumental in the creation and deployment of such diverse terrorist groups as the JDL, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Ku Klux Klan. Or how can they keep the Jews together in their own created ghettos to further the political aims of Zionism? if they don't present the Jews with a common enemy, all the rest of us. It's better to have a Jewish state that is hated by the whole world than an Auschwitz that's loved by it. That's Meyer Kahani, the former head of the Jewish Defense League, who was assassinated because he didn't want to go along with the program of the other Jews. He was open with his, okay? Mordecai Levy, the leader of the JDL Splinter Group that managed to show up on the doorsteps of Alex Oda and Shirin Supsakov on the eve of their assassinations, maintained direct and frequent contact with the ADL's fact-finding division head, Erwin Sewell. Erwin Sewell. Two weeks before the AADC's Washington, D.C. office was blown up on November 29, 1985. An act of terror right here at home. In Orange County, yes, that is the corner office of what used to be the headquarters, as you mentioned, of the American Arab Anti-Discrimination Committee, the 1900 block of 17th Street in Santa Ana, suite number 208. That is all that is left of that suite. Today, the Santa Ana office of the committee was destroyed by a bomb. Audi was killed, and seven other people were injured. And some fear international terrorism may be taking root here. The man who was killed by that blast... Alex O'Day, age 41, married the father of three young daughters. The bomb was powerful enough to shatter glass in several other offices. Investigators have no doubt the bomb was sophisticated and large, at least 30 pounds in weight, and it was meant to kill. Levy had appeared as the featured speaker at a press conference 
hosted by the Federation of Jewish Organizations of Greater Washington, an umbrella group led by both the ADL and B'nai B'rith, to present a list of enemies of the Jewish people. AADC was among the groups listed. On more than one occasion, Levy's provocateur antics nearly exposed the ADL's hand in fomenting domestic violence. Ladies and gentlemen, and here's the truth of how these people operate, and here's the truth of anti-Semitism in America, and here's the truth of swastikas painted on synagogues and on the headstones in Jewish cemeteries. On February the 16th, 1979, Levy, using the pseudonym James Goodman, filed an application with the United States Park Service in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to obtain permission to hold a rally. Now remember, this is Levy, using the pseudonym James Gutmann, the German name. Wonder why he did that, are you going to find out? The rally permit, ladies and gentlemen, sought by Levy, Levy, a member of the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, supposedly existing for the protection of Jews, the rally permit sought by Levy, a member of the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, supposedly existing for the protection of Jews. The rally permit sought by Levy, also known as Hitman on this occasion, was not filed in the name of the JPL, which he was also a member of. Levy was posing as a leader of the American Nazi Party. Levy was posing as a leader of the American Nazi Party, seeking a permit for a Ku Klux Klan and Nazi Party rally at Independence Hall, the site of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Remember, I told you about like the Hegelian method of political conflict resolution. Remember, I told you there's no such thing as a patriot community. Remember I told you that these people who are bringing about the New World Order control both sides of every issue. Indeed, they create the issues. Yes, for those of you who know, they are, that was William Cooper, Behold a Pale Horse. He was narrating this particular part of it. That's why he's no longer with us. Okay? Coming straight out of naval intelligence and knew what the deal was and had the nerve to put it in a book and be honest about it, okay? And they got on that guy like white on rice. They would not relent until they killed him, okay? So this is real, family. This ain't no make-believe. It's just a lot of people don't have the nerve or the guts to tell you what the real problem is when it comes to the system of white supremacy. And all of us should ask ourselves, how in the hell are you talking about slavery and not talking about people that financed it and the people that own the plantations? Black Lives Matter. How y'all missed that? You see? But who going to say anything when the people that they was throwing out there Black women, the face of Black Lives Matter. And every now and then, they go get an effeminate brother, like that sissy that ran for the mayor of Baltimore, wearing that same blue vest 
for about two years. <laughs> Trying to fake everybody. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I ain't got to know all these names. Dale Ray something. Now, all of a sudden, he done melted, disappeared. Last time I heard, he's at the University of Chicago, the house that Rockefeller built. We better wake up. We had really better wake up. And damn near all your black politicians, damn near all of them, if they're in the Democratic Party, get the okay from these people. That's who put this Negro woman as the state's attorney here in Illinois who let that woman go for murdering that brother in that restaurant. I thought she was gone. I thought she had, she said she wasn't going to run anymore, so I thought she basically was gone now. That's the one who let Jesse Juicy Smollett decided not to mm-hmm. file no charges against him. Same woman. They put them people in office. You didn't put them in there. But you, you need to let it be known that you're no longer going to accept what they deem as your leaders. Because we should be sick and tired of the Jesse Jacksons and the Al Charlottes and all these fake Negroes. They're nothing more than the faces of white supremacy. They just happen to be black. Now, we went into yesterday uh, a little history of the B'nai B'rith. And as a result, the origin of the ADL. Next week, we're going to get into the whole communist move with the black people at the early part of the last century. Again, being recruited because they need soldiers. Back in them days, they certainly didn't have enough people or enough power to push what they wanted to push in this country. So they had to use black people. That's why they ran and took control of the civil rights movement. That's why you had Brown versus Board of Education. That was pushed by Jews on the Supreme Court, okay, who used the fake black man who was the FBI informant, who they told us to just celebrate as much as we can, Thurgood Marshall, or is it no good Marshall, using us to push their agenda. But, of course, as we keep saying, this is a 3,000-year-old agenda. Let's bring it back up to the day and take a look at this. The dark history of the ADL, terrorism, organized crime, pedophilia, and murder. This is from one of my old, old websites that I used to go through all the time, okay, called Sign of the Times, S-O-T-T dot net. All they do is basically collect uh, a bunch of different uh, news articles and put them on that website. But it's in a variety of different categories. 
and I'm gonna have to start going back back there again. Uh, so I do recommend that website. They have some really interesting articles that you probably won't see in other uh, uh, on other websites, and you definitely won't see in mainstream media. So this article comes from their website, The Dark History of the ADL, Terrorism, Organized Crime, Pedophilia, and Murder. Here's what they say. Brother Kwame, many of you know that a Benebris organization gave birth to the ADL while defending its Atlantic chapter president, Leon Frank, who raped and murdered a 13-year-old girl who he was also employing, along with many other teens, against child labor laws. Frank ran a pencil factory, a sweatshop, and often often flirted with his illegal underage employees. The ADL was formed to defend him when he was when he murdered and raped Mary Fagan. The details were disgusting. Her underwear was ripped and bloody, and she was strangled to death with a wire. Her head had also been pummeled with a pipe. She went to get a paycheck of a meager dollar and 20 cents and never returned home. She was raped and murdered, and then her body was dragged to the basement. Police found strands of her hair and blood on the floor above, right across from Frank's office. Frank nervously revealed the victim's name in front of police before they had given him any such details. The ADL was going to get him released based purely on the fact that he was Jewish and a high-profile crime made Jews look bad. Arguably, a Jewish organization trying to get a child murderer off the hook makes Jews look worse. They would like one to believe that he was innocent, fake news history, and then tell you uh, tell you so on Wikipedia, which has Israelis paid to edit it. Leon admitted on the witness stand to the jury that he was, quote, unconsciously, unquote, at the scene of the crime when the murder occurred. What we don't know is if he raped her before or after killing her. He was convicted. The grand jury voted 21 to 0 for indicting him. Four of those jurors were Jewish. That shouldn't matter, but it does because the ADL would try to argue that the jury wrongly convicted him because of anti-Semitism rather than because of all the evidence that showed that he did it in everyone's eyes. 21 to 0, he was convicted. After the judge, Leon Roan, rejected all the appeals, he ordered Leon to be hanged on his birthday. April 17, 1913. However, Frank, who was unanimously elected president of the B'nai B'rith chapter after being convicted of rape and murder, 
had one last method to weasel out. Jewish pressure groups appealed to the governor. The lame duck governor, John Slayton, commuted Leon's sentence in his last week in office from the death penalty to life in prison. Frank was knifed in prison by an inmate. Okay? William Cream used a butcher knife and cut Leon's throat, severely injuring him. On August 16th, or the day before he's supposed to be hung, a mob broke into the prison, captured Leon Frank, and hanged him. Although they took photographs, no one in town would identify them. Okay? Now, they don't go into him trying, uh, him basically trying to set up the black man. But now, in a very interesting way, that's exactly what's going on today. All right? They hadn't, while black people are out there because they want white people and black people to fight each other. And that's why you keep hearing race war. They want white people and black people to fight each other based on slavery that they ran, operated, controlled, and benefited from. Now, watch this family. Uh, Bev, this came out. I sent you a video. Uh, not a video, but I sent you a uh, an email, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and it was basically uh, do a historical analysis from Business Insider talking about the politicians who are direct descendants of slave owners. Descendants of today. You I'll send it, it to today. you today. Oh, yes. Okay, I, I, I'm looking. I'll post it in the. Uh, I see it. I'll post it. Well, if you, if you don't want to post it, that's cool too. I just wanted to make sure you get it in your hand. Cause guess what? Yeah, I got it. Okay. Excellent. Okay, that's from Reuters. But look at this, Bear. Trump mm-hmm. is the only living president not descended from slaveholders. Mm. Let me say that again. Trump is the only living president not descended from slaveholders. And then they got a bunch of politicians in what I sent you from Reuters. That's the Rothschild. Okay? Showing you the politicians who basically uh, are direct descendants from slave uh, uh, owners. Okay, so let me go back and read that headline again. Trump is the only living president not descended from slaveholders. But he's the most racist man in the country. (laughs) All All them white boys and white women sitting up there, Lindsey Graham and a whole bunch of the rest of them, and it's got the number of slaves that they own. And this looked like um, 
You know how when you was in school and you used to take your school pictures, you had a, the pictures like a of the whole classroom. Yeah, the yearbook. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can't make none of this up, man. I can't make it up. L- let me read a little bit of this, and then we'll go back to the article. They say Donald Trump. Uh, blah blah blah. blah. They say Donald Trump is reportedly the only living U.S. president whose ancestors did not own slaves. That's because Trump's ancestors came to America after slavery had already been abolished. Even Barack Obama is descended from slaveholders through his white mother's side of the family. His Jewish white mother. Okay? Every current currently living person who has served as president of the United States is descended from ancestors who owned slaves except for Trump. That's according to a new investigation from Reuters examining the ancestral history of American lawmakers and presidents. In addition to presidents, the investigation found that two Supreme Court justices 11 governors, and 100 members of Congress are the direct descendants of slaveholders. They include prominent members of both parties, including Republicans like Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, and Democrats like Elizabeth Warren and Tammy Duckworth. Even Barack Obama, the country's first black president, is the descendant of a slave owner on his white mother's side of the family. Then they say, according to Reuters, the slaveholding ancestors of living U.S. presidents include Joe Biden, one direct ancestor, five generations ago, they owned one slave. Barack Obama, Uh, One direct ancestor, six generations ago, owned two slaves. George Bush, one direct ancestor, six generations ago, owned 25 slaves. Bill Clinton, one direct ancestor, five generations removed, owned one slave. And I guarantee you it was a black woman. No, knowing our good friend Bill, you know he gonna have him at least one good, one good black slave, one mammy, <laughs> Jimmy Carter, mm. one direct ancestor, four generations removed. He owned fifty-four slaves in family. Yeah. Oh, some of them, Bill. When you go through them list, it's gonna blow your mind. Mm. But stands out among the bunch. While other presidents have deep ancestral roots in America, Trump's ancestors did not immigrate to the United States until after slavery was abolished in 1865. In fact, none of his grandparents were born in the United States. Trump's paternal grandparents were born in Karlstadt, a small town in southwestern Germany, and immigrated to the U.S. in the early 1900s. His mother, Mary, was born in Scotland. Despite this, 
Trump has a long history of defending symbols of the Confederacy. As president, he resisted the renaming of U.S. military bases that have been named after Confederate generals, despite the Department of Defense being open to making changes. What you barking about, man? Anyway, they say he also once infamously declared that there were, quote, very fine people on both sides of a clash involving white nationalists in Charlottesville, Virginia, over the removal of a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee. Now, see, they go back and they use these things. It's like the average black person you talk to, they will immediately throw the Central Park Five in your face. Mm-hmm. And then you, that was his opinion. Uh, Joe Biden was responsible for locking up millions of black people. Trump gave an opinion on the Central Park Five, and he was absolutely incorrect. But he wasn't responsible for locking them up. He gave his opinion, okay? He didn't write no legislation locking up millions of us. All right? Ask Kodak Black, who's charged with the same crime as Tyrone Biggums, but they're getting ready to lock Kodak's black ass up for three years until Trump pardoned him. So they use this stuff because the media comes with trap questions. So when he was asked about the situation in Charlottesville, he didn't want to diss all his people like Obama dissed uh, Farrakhan, who he spoke glowingly about before he decided to run for president. And as soon as Old Testament told him to disavow him, he said, yes, a boss, along with his own preacher that he also supposedly loved, Jeremiah Wright. Because Barack Obama is the epitome of a Negro in blackface. Now, go back to slavery and understand who financed it and who owned the plantations. And now, look at the people that benefited from it. All right? Jimmy Carter is such a nice guy but he made his money that peanut farm. Who the hell you think was picking them peanuts? <laughs> but he loved you. Okay? So that's the name of that tune, family. They get us hyped up on emotion. Right? And then we call our son in to shoot somebody. But all we got to do is be quiet and do our work, do our due diligence. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we are faced with could be alleviated. Okay? So now watch this now. Leon Frank finally got pardoned in 1986. 
they never stopped getting this this rapist, this pedophile, they never stopped getting his uh, conviction expunged. So in 1986, they finally got it. Okay? Now, they say the ADL itself was created with Jewish mafia money. See, now they're going back and dealing with what we dealt with extensively, the mega group. The mega group. Okay? The ADL itself was created with Jewish mafia money, with connections to Meyer Lansky, Moe Dalit, Bugsy Siegel, and illegal arms trafficker Hank Greenspun. The ADL gave Jewish gangster Moe Dalit the Torch of Liberty Award. Dalit partnered with Sam Maceo and his brother Rosario of international narcotic trafficking fame. Dalit and Sam began with a bootleg a bootlegging gig. Let me stop right there and add this. Remember, family, when we were dealing with the mega group, uh, we found out in some of the research that uh, uh, oh, what's not Abraham Foxman, uh, the head of the uh, American Jewish Congress. Uh, his daughters just got caught up in that cult out of New York that was run out of Mexico, creating schools, grooming children. And he was branding all of the women. Well, his remember, his daughters. Oh, why I can't. Anyway, he ran Seagram's Liquor. And we pointed out in the research, they pointed out that he was directly connected to the royal family in England, and they gave him the okay once prohibition was ended to become the guy that was running the liquor to to the British with the crown getting royal kickbacks. Oh, why I can't remember that dude's name. I remember us talking about it. Yeah. So now you can see, here we go again. Okay, but these are the people that you can't say nothing about, not a thing, because they immediately call you an anti-Semite. And that's why Ye said, I can't be no anti-Semite, because my people are Semitic. I'm a Jew, too. Oh, they couldn't. Look, you can see them farting all over the place because they couldn't scream. <laughs> okay. And that was extremely important because they don't have a comeback to any of that. They don't. Okay. Now, they go on to say it was the Maceo brothers with Dallas who financed the Desert Inn Casino where Frank Sinatra got his first Vegas gig. Okay. They say, interesting note, Sam's sister, Olivia, married Joseph 
Fatita. You probably know the famous former owner of the UFC Frank Three and Lorenzo Fatita. They're all family. Maceo died a year after purchasing the casino, and it went into the Fatita side of the family. Dallas ran with the Macy in Ohio. Thank you, my brother. Edgar Bronfman, that would be correct. Edgar Bronfman, thank you. A former head of the World Jewish Congress. Okay? Another one of these uh, Jewish organizations, uh, and I, I really don't even like to call them Jewish organizations because these people aren't Jewish. They're Satanists. That's why his daughter got caught up uh, in the cult. All right? And the other daughter who left the cult early on and went and started dating the guy that was put in charge of running Libya after Libya was blown up. You can't make this up. This is real talk. So look at this. Dallas ran with the Mayfield Road Gang in Ohio, who had a bunt, who had a branch dubbed the Collinwood Crew, nicknamed the Young Turks. Now I know there's some Young Turks online, and they straight a propaganda outfit. If you spend more than five seconds listening to anything that Den Degenerates got to say over there, there's something wrong with you. Okay, uh, the little pedophile. Well, he's not really a pedophile. I don't know what you would call him because he he wanted to decriminalize having sex with animals, and he was going to make that one of the center points of his campaign. He's running for office about three four years ago. The 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 guy that was on MSNBC or CNN one, and they fired mm-hmm. him, but he's the head of the Young Turks. Hmm. All right? You can just go online, and you can pull it up. He literally wanted to decriminalize having sex with animals. They go on here to say, Dalitz was an early business partner with A. Bernstein of the Purple Gang. Okay? They used to murder, murder, murder. They used to murder motorists for sport. In 1985, the ADL gave Moe an award. Moe would become the mob boss of Cleveland. Okay. Now, ain't that the headquarters for that lingerie outfit that was directly connected to Jeffrey Epstein? Cleveland? Victoria's Secret. Victoria's Secret. The number one guy in the mega group, I can't recall his name. It's too many names to recall. And this is off the top of my head, so I ain't got no notes. Well, Moe would become the mob boss of Cleveland, even though most of his operations would move and center on Las Vegas. Dallas 
was a close friend and confidant of Maya Lansky. The two co-owned the Frolics Club in Miami. They say Hank Greenspun owned the Las Vegas Sun. Remember, Hank Greenspun is one of these Jewish gangsters. So they say he owned the Las Vegas Sun and pulled a money laundering scheme. Prior to that, he had been the publicist for another mafia casino, the Flamingo, that was run by Lansky's childhood friend, Bugsy Siegel. Greenspun's wife was given top honors by the ADL. Her husband attempted to smuggle 42 Pratt and Whitney R20, R2800 low airplane engines to Palestine when the Haganah terrorist group was creating the state of Israel through ethnic cleansing. Yeah, that's mass murder of the Palestinians. Then they say, and they give you the documentation there in, in the article uh, dealing with Greenspun and that whole thing. They say, after jury tampering with the sole Jewish juror meeting with the defense, Greenspun and his cohort, William Sosnow and Samuel Lewis, were acquitted, but his other partners were convicted. Okay. They're going to say, but Greenspan will be found guilty of smuggling the machine guns that would go with the plane as well as artillery and ammo. He stole 30 50 caliber machine guns from Hawaii and shipped them to Haganah in Palestine through Mexico. Greenspan tried to bribe his way out of it. A grand jury in Los Angeles indicted him and six others of violating the Neutrality Act and Export Control Law, which was Title 50 under the United States Code, Section 452. He got only a $10,000 fine and no jail time. The Jewish agency uh, that the government in waiting, which was the government in uh, government in waiting that organized the terrorist group that formed Israel, facilitated the cash flow to gun runners like Frank. They go on to say. We learn from declassified FBI documents that Erwin Heyman, the same man aiding communists on behalf of the JA, which is the Jewish Appeal, is, uh, is who made three transfers of $1.3 million to Greenspun. Greenspun would later become the Western Director of Bonds for Israel. 
They go on to say, Greenspan was known for having blackmail on political candidates. Howard Hunt, who basically supervised the Kennedy assassination, and he admitted it on his deathbed, E. Howard Hunt. Excuse me, family. Let me go back. They say, Howard Hunt and G. Gordon Liddy even plotted to raid, plotted to raid on the Vegas Sun vault in order to gain access to blackmail that Hank had on Howard Hughes. Now, one of the casualties of Bill Clinton getting elected was he allowed for the radio stations and media in general to get conglomerized because they had limits on the number of radio stations that other media organs could control, okay? Uh, G. Gordon Liddy, uh, former CIA spook, directly connected to Watergate, Right, I used to listen to G. Gordon Liddy religiously. Okay, uh, but him and E. Howard Hunt plotted a raid on on a Vegas Sun that was run by Greenspan family. Okay, to get blackmail that he had on Howard Hughes. All right. Hughes bought mafia property like the Desert Inn Casino using millions in cash. They credit him with cleaning up Vegas from the mob. It was more like the mob took him to the cleaners. John Kennedy's father was involved with the outfit and the East Coast mob and had a love affair with his friend, Frank Sinatra's ex-girlfriend, Judith Exner, while she was also involved with Chicago mob boss, Sam Momo Giancana. Okay, so they was passing Judith around like she was had mint on her ass or something. Y'all get it, mint Judith? <laughs> Okay, I'll go on. Anyway. (laughs) Frank Sinatra had introduced her to JFK. Kennedy gave Greenspan a pardon his first year in office. Then you got LBJ, who was sleeping with Matilda Krim, who was also part of the Swiss Connection, who helped run the Ergun terrorists. The Ergun were the terrorists that blew up that hotel uh, in Palestine, killing all them British people. Uh, Menachem Begin was a leader in that terrorist organization when they were cleaning out Palestine to create Israel and told all the other countries if you, that's why they blew up the hotel. I think it's called a. Oh, I can't. I'm not going to even, uh, say that. 
I don't recall the name of the hotel that they blew up, but it had a lot of British people in it. But their their thing was, we don't give a damn because we got uh, British Jews in high office who are not going to do a damn thing to us. Remember, family, the so-called royal family are German Jews who are really not Jews. They are Satanists. So again, I have to apologize to the people who do take their religious religion seriously because to me, uh, they're not enemies. They're adversaries. They're the competition. For me, it's about evangelizing your point of view against theirs, not trying to kill somebody because they got a different religious point of view than you got. Okay? So uh, Lyndon Johnson was running around sleeping with Matilda Krim who was helping to fund the Ergun. Johnson did all this while she was married to his campaign advisor, Arthur Krim, a willing cook. And I've seen videos of Arthur Krim talking about it. That's a hell of a job to be a campaign advisor while your wife is getting aired out. First thing I would have told LBJ is, uh, Lyndon, possibly save me some of my wife. <laughs> just just a little bit, Lyndon. He might have not and wanted her. I'm sorry, Bear? He might have not wanted her. That's possible. He could have he been the one of them closet people. You talking about Lyndon Johnson? No, the guy, Crone. Oh, yeah. Arthur Crim. Crim. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We also have to consider this, Bev. Do you remember what Lady Bird Johnson looked like? Yeah. She literally looked like Tweety Bird. Literally. Mm -hmm. Okay. But then they go on to say, well, Clinton did give Jewish billionaire Mark Rich a pardon after Rich donated $100,000 to the ADL. Rich was another cook in the Swiss Connection. They were uh, uh, selling weapons, family. <clears throat> and then the Clintons let him go. They say, the ADL was given de facto powers of an intelligence agency in the United States, and it gathers intel on whoever it pleases. They go on to say, when the ADL partnered with you two in December of 2008, my channel was gone the first day, and over a thousand videos were erased. No justification was needed. That was in 2008. To this day, the ADL and the Southern Poverty Law Centers are major players in deciding who is a white supremacist and therefore 
who gets banned or censored on social media. Right now, as you and I are talking. Then they go on in closing by saying this. Another wing of the ADL is the Southern Poverty Law Center, and they too have been granted censorship powers across social media. The ADL used the Southern Poverty Law Center as both an attack dog and a buffer to separate itself from ramifications of its constant chicken little censorship. Okay? So they went back in time and uh, gave an analysis on the ADL based on the history and the connections that it had. And then they came forward. And I really wish they would have did a couple of pages on the ADL and its connection to social media where you find all the spies hanging out today. And, of course, as we said early on, and uh, nobody's really saying it today, but that's all right because it's accurate. It's not social media. It's social engineering media. Okay? Programming people. But that, that wasn't a really bad thing. Okay, that wasn't a really bad thing in terms of what the ADL has been involved in. They finally got caught in the 1990s messing with black people. <coughs> Excuse me, family. <coughs> Let me get a drink of water here. Peace. They finally got caught. Unfortunately, when they got caught, they already had so many hookups in the intelligence community, that includes the FBI, that there was no way anything was going to happen to them. What they had to deal with, first and foremost, was shutting down the media. And they did that very effectively. Okay? And to make sure that uh, Mr. I am somebody and, and no justice, no peace didn't get out there and run their mouths. And they didn't. Family, you know none of this was on mainstream media to any degree, okay? They covered a little bit of the policemen that were working with the ADL, but they never went into it full bore. Well, let's go here. The Anti-Defamation League, Civil Rights and Wrongs, 
Now, <clears throat> there's another part of this that I didn't uh, didn't download and copy, and it deals with Israel creating ethnic weapons that they plan to use on the South Africans, the ANC, and other groups that would kill only black people. Okay? That was the first exposure of what they called ethnic weapons back then. Didn't find out until uh, the fake letting off the hook move called the so-called Truth and Reconciliation uh, Committee. They let them off the hook. All right? And the other thing was that South Africa had nuclear weapons. And that just got totally lost in the shuffle because all those weapons went to Israel. Why? Because they were really running South Africa. It wasn't the Boers. It was Israel. Before Nelson Mandela got let out of jail, he had to go and have deep conversations. Oh, man. With Harry Oppenheimer. I had the articles years ago. And they agreed that they would let him out of jail, but that they would still control the country. Okay, family? And that's why people like Chris Honey would end up being assassinated. Because they had Uncle Nelson in their pocket. He come out of jail talking about one man, one vote. After spending all that time in prison, your wife out there fighting on your behalf and the behalf of her people, and you come out and divorce her. I'm talking Winnie Mandela. Because she was the heir apparent once they got rid of Chris Honey. She was the heir apparent because Nelson was an old-ass man. So what did they do? They uh, went and talking about her necklacing uh, collaborators and they, the people was at war. And they were shooting down, uh, uh, I hate to call them South Africans, but they were shooting down African people like dogs, okay? I'm never going to forget what happened in Soweto, all right? And that was just one of many instances where they just mowed down black people with shotguns, just mowed them down. Now, you keep in mind who was running South Africa, really running it. 
because they were controlling the mineral resources. That's Harry Oppenheimer. <coughs> and man, see, I'm running, I'm running a blank on the name of the corporation. Ah, but it was about diamonds and gold. That's what it was about. And remember, family, when uh, uh, it won't come up. I, I didn't get that one, family. Okay. Uh, when Cecil Rhodes went to South Africa, oh, De Beers, De Beers Diamond Mines, and that was the one that everybody was familiar with. But it, it was Rio Tinto, another major corporation. So they were basically doing what they always do. They were raping the country. All right? And see, you can't separate any any of this stuff. It all goes together. Because remember, Cecil Rhodes and them other little white boys that were commissioned, financed by the Rothschild and people like the, uh, the Oppenheimers, they went to South Africa, but they were all homosexuals. Every single one of them. Think that's a coincidence? I don't think so. Let's go back to this article, because this article is from what I've been recommending as one of the best intelligence magazines that you'll ever read. And I was surprised you can go online and put a lot of the old articles down. It's called Covert Action Information Bulletin. Covert Action Information Bulletin. Put together by a number of disgruntled former CIA agents. And you can get articles going all the way back to the late 70s. I'm talking about, and they're talking about stuff that I guarantee you ain't going to find nothing about it in your newspapers. Well, I shouldn't say that, because they basically footnote everything. That's why I like COVID action, because they didn't just write stories. They got footnotes all over the place. So you can go back and pull up those articles, and you can basically make a determination as if, as if they were uh, whether they were right and wrong in their analysis. So now we got the ADL getting busted, and that's why the name of this article is the Anti-Defamation League, Civil Rights, and Wrong. Okay? Covert Action, <clears throat> issue number 45. Here's what they say. For decades, the Anti-Defamation League of the B'nai B'rith has run a private nationwide spy network a systematic, long-term, professionally organized political espionage operation complete with informers, infiltrators, money laundering, code names, wiretapping, and secret meetings. 
The ADL spying is different. It's not only the scale with which it sets it apart. Uh, For instance, files on 950 organizations and nearly 10,000 individuals, but also the focus. The ADL spied on groups which opposed its stated goals as well as those which supported its principles. More disturbing is the is the lead collaboration with state, federal, and foreign intelligence gathering entities. More disturbing is the lead collaboration with state, federal, and foreign intelligence gathering entities. And the first thing that should pop into your head, family, is Ukraine. A 1% Jewish population, right? That's what you got. With the uh, uh, Nazis running the military, and they elected uh, a transvestite president who came out today and said there will be no more elections. No more elections as long as they're at war. He already outlawed the Russian Orthodox Church, the Christian Church, okay? He has outlawed any media that disagrees with what he's doing. And now he comes out and says, no elections. Now, they say, this sharing of confidential information is not only illegal, but a violation of trust, a threat to civil liberties, and an infringement on the right to privacy. This article was written years ago, family, decades ago. Don't you find it interesting that everything they put down there at the at the end of this particular little segment is exactly what they're doing today? Censoring people, violating people's civil liberties, telling people you don't have no right to do anything but what we allow you to do. And, of course, fringing on people's rights to privacy. According to these people and the system that they're trying to put in place, you don't have no privacy. Forget civil liberties. That's a thing of the past. Okay? So here's what they say. The ADL has won a long-standing public has won a long-standing public reputation as an opponent of anti-Semitism, defender of minority rights. You see here they go again. Defender of minority rights and promoter of racial justice. Nothing could be further from the truth, family. In January 1993, a less benign dimension of the ADL surfaced. 
San Francisco newspapers broke the story of a 24-year police officer, Tom Gerard, who kept computerized files on thousands of Arab Americans, 36 Arab organizations, 33 anti-apartheid organizations, 412 PINKO organizations, 349 right-wing organizations, and 35 skinhead groups. Gerard worked closely with Roy Bullock, a full-time salaried undercover investigator for the ADL for the past 32 years. They go on to say, this spy network to which Gerard and Bullock belong is headquartered in the ADL's New York office under ADL Director of Fact Finder, Erwin Sewell. That's right, family. That same Erwin Sewell in the video who was helping to finance the fake terrorists and the fake Nazis. He was in charge of, or he was the director of fact-finding, along with his deputy, Thomas Halpern. They say as the ADL's chief West Coast undercover operative, Bullock, maintained numerous contacts with law enforcement and federal officials, recruited informers, and worked with ADL operatives in other cities. The ADL, which has a $34 million annual budget, has openly acknowledged compiling files on, quote, extremist hate groups, unquote, and supplying reports on them to law enforcement agencies. Rich, Richard Hirschhart, executive director of the ADL Central Pacific, Re, uh, Pacific Region, also admitted that, quote, the ADL does keep files on Arab American groups or individuals who espouse anti-Jewish views or take credit for anti-Jewish acts. They say, Bullock's and Gerard's files, however, reveal massive ADL operations directed not only against right-wing extremists, and anti-Semitic groups, but also hundreds of mainstream and progressive groups, including among the minority, anti-apartheid, ethnic, peace, religious, human rights, and other organizations and individuals, many of which ADL should have regarded as allies in the struggle against racism and bigotry were the American Civil Liberties Union, the National Lawyers Guild, the NAALGBT, 
the Rainbow Coalition, Greenpeace, Mother Jones, Jews for Jesus, Americans for Peace Now, Irish Northern Aid, the Asian Law Caucus, Act Up, the United Auto Workers, the Board of Directors of Public Television Station, KQED, the Department of Black Studies at San Francisco State University, the Los Angeles Times South African correspondent, Scott Kraft, Representative Nancy Pelosi, House Armed Services Committee Chairman, Representative Ron Dellum, and former Representative Pete McCloskey. Also named in the files were thousands of Arab Americans, many uh, who feared their names were passed on to Israeli intelligence agencies, potentially placing them in danger. The ADL has frequent and close contact with Israeli officials and despite repeated denials, has been linked to Mossad. They go on to say in mid-January, the San Francisco Examiner began a series of front-page stories revealing that the San Francisco Police Department officer, Tom Gerard, was secretly supplying confidential data on thousands of people to an agent of the ADL. On December 10, 1992, the news reported, disclosed, authorities had, had executed search warrants on Gerard's home that of, of ADL operative Roy Bullock and on the San Francisco and Los Angeles offices of the ADL. The news hit the Bay Area like a bombshell. In fact, Bullock and Gerard had been under FBI investigation for more than two years for selling information about anti-apartheid activists to South African government agents. Gerard, who was 50, had been a member of the San Francisco Police Department since 1968. He claims that from 1982 to 85, three-year leave of absence to serve with the CIA in El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala as a bomb expert. What do you think that means, Bear? He worked with the CIA in three countries, El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala as a bomb expert. That means he was an expert at making bombs. They go on to say, after returning to the SFPD, San Francisco Police Department, 
where he served as a liaison to the FBI, Gerard approached the Bay Area chapter of the American Arab Anti-Discrimination Committee. He offered to, to liaise between the Arab American community and the police department and to help with security at the Arab Anti-Discrimination Committee public functions. Can you imagine that? Having a spy serve as your security? His collaborator, Roy Bullock, a small-time San Francisco art dealer, had provided information on an unpaid basis to the FBI. Bullock's investigation uh, for the ADL went back as far as 1954. 1954 in Indianapolis. In 1960, he moved to Southern California and began working for the ADL, which forwarded copies of his written report to its New York headquarters. Around 1979, Bullock moved to San Francisco, where in 1985, local ADL head Richard Hirschhoff introduced him to Gerard, and the two men began to investigate both right and left-wing groups in the Bay Area. One of Bullock's chief assignments in San Francisco was to spy on Arab-American organizations and individuals, especially the Arab Anti-Discrimination Committee, which he joined in 1983. He was removed from the membership in 1987 after it was discovered that he was an ADL agent. Now, they go on to say, in 1990, Bullock and Gerard's foreign entanglement on behalf of the ADL appeared to have precipitated an FBI investigation. They say the inquiry emphasized their connection to South African intelligence and the fact that several FBI reports on the Nation of Islam were missing from FBI files. Okay? Now, in 1990, the nation and the ADL were in full war mode. Okay? Because the minister is spitting fire. And Collett was a flamethrower. All right, you talk about melanated. Okay, family? That's very important. Because subsequent to that, Collett would be suspended by the nation. Farrakhan would give the Million Man March 
And at the same time, he's having secret meetings with the former head of the World Jewish Congress, whose name just escaped me again, that Rand Seagram. They're having secret meetings right here in Chicago. And the meetings get exposed by Irv Cups in it. And the minister gets pissed because these uh, meetings that they were having were not to be discussed by anyone. Okay? The minister immediately points the finger at uh, uh, Abraham, uh, was Abraham Foxman? I think it was Abraham Foxman. Okay, because ain't nobody supposed to know about these secret meetings that he's having. Because during this time, you got the secret relationship between black and Jews uh, in several volumes that come out. All right. So there's deal making and jockeying going on because Irv Cups in it and Cups column basically uh, wrote about the deals that were being made. And I know a lot of people was pissed at the minister. Okay? So you can't discount all of that. Collett would subsequently have assassination attempts on him. Okay? Uh, And one, and out of all the places, in Seattle, and... You know, baby, years ago, I used to always joke about Seattle. This is before they, they went absolutely insane with the woke stuff. And you talk about how there's only nine mm-hmm. black people in Seattle. Right. And seven of them is locked up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Portland, one of the most racist uh, cities. In the country. Okay. Uh, Gentle Ben. They used to call Gentle Ben a nigger in Portland. Y'all remember Gentle Ben, this big bat? Well, he was brown, so he was eligible to be called a nigger. Because that's how they viewed black people at that time in places like Washington State. In Oregon, the great Mountain West, man, racism for days, and now they leading the charge for woke. Don't you buy it for one second. Let's go on. They say by October 1992, Gerard and Bullock were about to lose their covers as the FBI passed this intelligence about the two to the SFPD, and the story began to leak out. Gerard fled to a house he had been building on a remote island in the Philippines, which has no extradition treaty with the U.S. Well, could that be because he worked for the CIA? And that this wasn't just no... ADL connecting with some police. 
do work for the CIA. Making bombs in South America. Okay? They say, before leaving, he neglected to erase his computer. When authorities searched his, ho- searched his houseboat during the December 10th raid, they found 7,011 files on individuals. They're going to say, in Gerard's locker, police found some souvenirs of his CIA days, including 10 passports in different names, a black executioner's hood, a black executioner's hood, photos of dark-complected men bound and blindfolded, what is dark complected men? Hmm. How about niggas? <laughs> He's working for the apartheid government as well. And he had more passports than Jason Bourne. But they're going to make it San Francisco police in the ADL when the ADL by the 90s has been in control of COINTELPRO since the 60s. They are an international intelligence operation under the auspices of B'nai B'rith. They check all the boxes for subversives. And now you see how subversive they are because they are attempting to take down the entire country. They not only found uh, those things, they found CIA manuals and a teletype message, quote, biodata of the nominees to be trained in human resource, human resource exploitation or interrogation course stamped secret and referring to El Salvador it listed 13 names the police inventory also noted a black loose leaf binder filled with business cards names addresses pages with more than 100 names and phone numbers titled International Activities Division. Special Activities Group, which handles the CIA's paramilitary activities, such as support for guerrilla movement. That's the who's who of the CIA, Gerard told the LA Times, quote, Oh, that's going to make people nervous, unquote. He had stashed the materials in 1985 when he left the CIA in a case he never, uh, in a case he never protected from the agency. The term is gray mail, he said. Do what you got to do. While Gerard granted interviews from his safe haven in the Philippines, 
the ADL and Bullock stonewalled. The ADL said that it had consented to the December 10th search of its San Francisco and L.A. offices and had been advised that it was not the target of the investigation. It declared itself merely a civil rights organization that collected information about anti-Semites, racists, and extremists from many sources. A spokesman declined to reveal the ADL sources, information collection methods, and claimed that no information went to Israel. As far as Gerard was concerned, the relationship we, the ADL, had with him, said Richard Richard Hirschhoff, was the same as with thousands of police officers around the country. They go on to say that Bullock had been paid during his 32-year employment at the ADL indirectly through prominent L.A. attorney Bruce Hockman and received approximately $170,000 over a five-year period ending in 1993. By going through Hockman, both Bullock and the ADL sought to portray Bullock as a self-employed individual, only one of whose clients was the ADL. As of May 1993, the ADL was continuing to pay Bullock $550 a week because he was, quote, damn good, unquote. When the extent of the Gerard Bullock ADL spy operation began to emerge, see, they used the people. This is police departments in several other uh, cities and states and the CIA. But they just want to make it Gerard and Bullock in the ADL. So as that spy operation began to emerge, the ADL launched an extensive public damage control effort. ADL attorney and executive committee member Barbara Wall set the stage for distancing her organization from the illegal organization. Bullock, she asserted, was operating as a, quote, independent contractor, unquote. How much time we got left there? I hope I didn't put you to sleep. Uh, n- no, no, I have my mute on. Uh, okay. You have 20 minutes, and I just want to tell the family, in 20 minutes we're going to the telephone. The number is 323-642-1586, and push to number one if you have a question or comment. And Dr. Robert do have Dr. Robert X do have a GoFundMe page. You can find it on the Truth to Power page. And please send a donation for his uh, research, his time, his efforts that he's given that to us now. And we will be oh. walking around not knowing what's going on, and he's letting you see the players behind the scenes. So please send a donation. Bear, I got to say this, Bear. I just looked mm-hmm. at some of the footnotes 
And for instance, one of the people that he's footnoting here is Jane Hunter. Mm-hmm. Okay, who wrote an article titled ADL Spies and the FBI. It's in the Middle East Report, which is one of the sources okay. that I quoted. I don't know if I got to it yet. Or I think I've already quoted from that one. No, I've got other uh, Washington Report of Middle Eastern Affairs. But Jane Hunter, Jane Hunter is a brilliant writer, white girl who wrote about the banking system and drug trafficking in Latin America. Mm-hmm. She worked specifically with Peter Dale Scott. Okay, now those, you old school readers will know about Peter Dale Scott because he termed the phrase the deep state. Okay. He also wrote uh, The Politics of Heroin in Southeast Asia. All right? Talking about uh, the heroin trafficking that was going on out of Vietnam and, and the Golden Triangle and certain banks that were set up by the military in conjunction with the CIA to do drug money laundering. One of those banks was Nugent Hand Bank. Now, all that leads directly to the savings and loans that collapsed in the 80s. All this goes back to that, okay? Now, the other uh, article that they cite here is called The Enemy Within by Robert Friedman. It's from the Village Voice for May the 11th, 1993. And again, I used to read the Village Voice religiously. One outstanding article that dealt with the Bushes, and you can pull it up, was called, I still remember the title of this article. That's how much of an impact it had on me. It was called Spilling His Gut. So, family, you can get ahead of me when you get a chance. Google spilling his gut forward slash Bush forward slash the village voice. But guess what happens? The village voice has been taken over by the mob. So now they woke. But if you're lucky... It ain't just them. It's uh, several other major magazines that I used to read religiously. For decades, they got bought out, just like your media. And now, you can't believe nothing they say. One of my closest friends and I got into it because I told him he's still into all those old articles, those old magazines, And he knows this because he's a brilliant researcher. But he don't want to get away from that propaganda, because that's what I told him it was. Because he doesn't like to do his research by Internet. He eats books, literally. He eats books and magazines 
and you would never see him without a bag full of books or magazines, ever. Okay? Well, he's one of our closest friends. He's been on the program before. I'm not going to mention his name. (laughs) But I told him about Orange Man because he's on the other side of this thing with the Democratic Party. And I told him what the Democratic Party was about. This is around 2017, 2018. And he didn't want to accept it because none of the stuff about the Satanism and all that stuff is being printed in the Village Voice connecting it with the Democratic Party or the Nation magazine that we also used to read religiously or Mother Jones, okay, or uh, other magazines that have been thoroughly whitewashed and are of no significant use to anybody, okay, until now, a few months, a few weeks ago, I saw him in the bookstore, and he apologized, but he apologized to me with anger. He was angry, and I say, see, I, I tried to tell you, man, I would even give you the links to where I go to get the information on the things that I know. And he rejected it because he's stuck on stupid. Mm-hmm. He's just angry with me because I tell I told him that the sources that he's citing for his information are obsolete and totally immersed in propaganda. And now he sees it because it's out in the open in front of everybody's face. Okay, but he's still angry with me, but I've lost friendships that I've had for years because I tried to tell the people it's not Trump. It's the the uniparty, three-quarters of the Republican Mm -hmm. Party, and all of the Democratic Party. That's the problem. Go ahead, Bill. Why is he mad at you? I mean, he found out now that you were telling the truth. Because I told him. Oh. That's why. Okay? And he's one of those people who, when he gets angry, he doesn't like for you to say anything. He likes to talk all over you. And I don't play those games. I'm damn seven years old. So I'm not going to sit and play these games with you, man. I've been knowing you too long. Mm-hmm. Are you so? That's just the way it goes, Bear. I'm not gonna get up off the things that I know, and he knows that, and I know he's pretty much the same way. But at some point, like with my other friend, uh, after every forum, me and this brother used to have conversations because he knows the city and city government from a historical perspective. I know very few people that know the things that he knows in terms of the mob and the stuff that was going on here in Chicago that most black people or most people, period, have no clue. But he was right there in it because he was a city inspector. 
Mm. For you to become a city inspector, you got to be hooked to the gills inside the system. Okay? And they tried to jam him up, tried to lock him up, collapsed, and it was a part of his uh, job in the area that he was responsible for. And some people got killed when this porch collapsed, and they tried to blame it on him. Hmm. Okay. Well, he was still had allegiance to the Democratic Party even after they tried to jam him up. And when I told him that the, what the Democratic Party had become and Trump wasn't the problem, oh, he could not deal with it. He hasn't spoke to me to this day. Hmm. But I mean, uh, it's saying like black people been in, and like you know how you be in a cult and you have to deprogram people. That's what how they seem yeah. like they've been with the Democratic Party. That is absolutely correct, no question about it, because the Democratic Party has been portrayed as the party that has least given us free cheese. And the Republicans only want to give you the trap that the cheese come on. And what I try to tell people is you got the cheese and the trap. All right? So don't get mad at the people that furnish the trap for you. Get equally angry about the people that furnish the cheese. They can't deal with it, Bear. They mm. get emotional. And that's what happened with both of these brothers. Black people get emotional because they don't like to be wrong. Now, I ain't saying all black people. All right? But I'm saying, in the main, this is how our people, and the smarter they are, the more grounded, cemented they become in their point of view. And I've had to learn that for the little things that I know, always allow room for something else. It's like jello, right? What's the old saying about jello with Bill Cosby? <laughs> What do you used to say all the time, Bear? <laughs> I, I forgot what he used to say. Much as he did the Jetto commercial. You know I'm going to help you. He uh, <laughs> used to always say there's always room for Jello. Mm. You can eat a half a horse, still have a bowl of Jello afterwards. It's like you you didn't eat nothing. Right? Mm-hmm. So there's always room for jello. So no matter what position that you take, you may be 150% behind the position, but do 149% and at least leave that 1% for the jello to be able to incorporate other people's points of view. Even when people disagree with me for the most part, 
I have a level of respect for people, all right, based on their point of view, whether I agree with it or not. I respect them, and then we're going to have to sit down and negotiate on these various points of view. It goes right back, Sister Bear family, to the sister having the brother shot. Mm-hmm. Same deal. Because I've seen situations where best friends, one of them killed the other one. How the hell you kill your best friend? Because they don't want to move off their position. Crazy as it sounds. <laughs> People have been knowing each other all their lives, grew up together. Then all of a sudden, they bit an enemy. Bear, we're going to stop mm-hmm. here. We're okay. going to stop here and. Uh, let the family chat. We'll pick this up because it gets even deeper. We just starting with the ADL here, really, okay? And some of the stuff that these people have been involved in. But as you can see, family, it's extremely extensive from the video that we played early, where they showed you and told you about uh, Jewish people masquerading as Arabs and white supremacists and Nazis. But they always seem to be Jews. In every single one of those cases that they talked about, we covered back in the day. So I was very fortunate to find this video. All right? I think the title of it is The Ugly Truth About the ADL. They even go into the the ADL's connection in the murder, the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, and how they were connected in that. With Bill Cooper being a major narrator in this thing. It's about almost two hours long. I'll make sure I send it to you, Bear. Okay. But it it's worth spending two hours to sit down and listen to it. But again, I'm familiar with a lot of it because I I have the book The Ugly Truth about the ADL by uh, the Executive Intelligence Review or Lyndon LaRouche's organization. So I'm not new to the ADL at all. And when this article came out, the one that I'm quoting from now that we'll pick back up on, this came out in the summer of 1993. That's exactly 30 years ago. Man, how time flies. Okay, and just watch, family, when we get to the end of this and what happened in this whole spying operation, right, where they got caught dead to rights. I mean dead to rights. Watch what happened because the Clintons and others become very prominent in this. I remember, family, Hillary Clinton. Is Jewish, and when when Bill it all makes got, sense. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. when Bill Clinton got busted, right? About Monica Lewinsky, 
Remember, family, the context was Netanyahu, who didn't want to be here, was forced to come here and sit down at the negotiating table with Arafat, with Yasser Arafat. And then the day that that Wasn't was that back in the 70s? No, that's in the 90s. Oh, it was in the 90s. That's in the 90s. Bill Clinton was chasing tail in the 70s. Oh, oh, yeah. This is in the 90s when he's the president. The day that they were supposed to have the meeting for Arafat and Netanyahu to sit down and make some agreements, the Monica Lewinsky story breaks on that day. In their photographs with Netanyahu grinning from ear to ear because they were a part of the setup. All right? Because Israel has to expand. That's what they're doing now. 30 years later, Netanyahu is back in power. And Clinton... uh, probably still chasing tail because that's what Slick Willie do. All right? So you can see there ain't very much changed uh, in that time because that's during the time when Clinton has don't ask, don't tell, and he's the first president to appoint an open lesbian attorney general Janet the He-Man Reno. Right? And all the rest is is history. Uh, I would also add, Beth, and then we can go to the the family. Mm -hmm. We used to always laugh about how all the women in the Clinton administration most of, or many of whom were lesbians and lovers of Hitler. Mm-hmm. How they wore their suits better than the men in the Clinton administration. They weren't wearing no dresses. That was for the interns. So Clinton <laughs> would stick his hand up under them. <laughs> All the women in the administration was wearing pants. All right. Including his wife. Uh, oh, no question about it. Mm-hmm. So that's the beginning. He cracked the door with don't ask, don't tell. And Barack Obama, Obama kicked it open. <laughs> damn right. He didn't even get the keys. He already had the keys. <laughs> but he going to let them out so bad that he kicked the damn door in and let them all out. Mm-hmm. Trying to tell you what you should be doing in terms of of, of your political future, son of a. Let's go to the family. Okay, uh, let me see. Wait a minute, I'm standing here. Okay, um, Jennifer. You are you said something about Monica Lewinsky. Go back to uh, that picture with uh, with Clinton and Monica Lewinsky in that crowd 
okay? That was kind of Photoshop, okay? She had on a big-ass damn winter coat, and then most of the crowd had on summertime shit. So that was mm-hmm. Photoshop. But, uh, but uh, I'm glad you did get to that list, man, of these uh, 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 devils that, 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 that had slaves, man. I can go one better. I picked all the list of uh, states made when they signed this succession letter. Okay, Mississippi made, they say the reason they, they, they ain't going to let their slaves go. They want to keep slaves, and they were making $4 billion, man, on their slaves. Yep. So I think you were supposed to be on the list, man. Okay, I'll man. make sure. I, did you get that list uh, of the presidents yeah. with the... She sent it to me. I appreciate it. it. I got it. Huh? I got it. Yes, okay, sir, okay. I got it. Okay. I appreciate it, man. We got to keep the information. See the truth coming out, man. On all yes, these things, that's why I like to be quiet, man. That's how information flow, man. Okay, yep. I like to be like that, like that wise ass bird. The less I speak, the more I heard. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do. <did. laughs> so that's why uh, I cut my talking down and listen, man. But uh, this shit deep, man. Everything is, is coming out now, man. And I love it, bro. Even with this this thing in Russia, man, them was all orchestrated. They got uh, Putin. That Putin is a clone too. But then they got that Tell dude that uh, that dude Presidente, whatever his name is. Uh, he looked like El- he Elmer Fudd, man. And the CIA paid him <laughs> off to do that. Fool is Elmer Fudd, man. And so he messed with the wrong. He messed with the wrong rabbit. Yeah, yeah, you mess with the wrong rabbit. Joe Biden, you know, man, the CIA paid him off to do that. And it fell on it because Joe Biden is like the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz, man. That motherfucker can't yeah. walk without falling down like the scarecrow. I call him the scarecrow. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but all this information flowing, man, uh, I kept wondering why these so-called rich folks wanted to go down in uh, the panic, man. I said, something kept they right. But then my man gave them out. Bishop, he laid out the bloodline, man. Just about everybody on that sub, they was related to uh, uh, people that got killed the on the Titanic. That, that died on the Titanic, that is correct. Yeah, so most of them, they are relatives. They wanted to see where their great-grandmama and them and all them died at, man. So that's why they went down there, man. Well, they can shake hands with them now. Yes, sir. Right? And so, uh, uh, uh. uh it gets stuff deep, man. You know, everything happened for a reason. This ain't no coincidence, man. That's why he went down there, man. And then check this out. On the Titanic, he laid out some people that was on there. You ever heard of a place called Cabrini, Cabrini Green? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a nun on that ship called Cabrini. And she was an evil-ass nun. And so mm-hmm. that's why they named the apartments after her. They put a curse on y'all, man. That's why they named her oh, Cabrini Green. Oh, so that's why they put the brother over there uh, who would come out. Where did he go? Um, this black dude that had them bees inside of his coat. Yeah. And the candy man. So that's where the candy man came from, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> man. And also Robert Taylor, man. That's Valerie Jerry, granddaddy, man. His, his, that is correct. His, his wife. His, his wife was with Margaret Cena, man. That, that ground curse, man. Y'all need to get Flaker the hell out of there, man. Okay, that's oh, they the gone. It, it's all the projects gone, Brother West. They tore down all the Robert Taylor. They tore down, but the land is cursed, brother. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The land is freaking cursed. 
right? Yes. Whatever's going to build on that spot, you ain't going to be, hey, bro. I felt it when I was up there, man. Even when I was up there, I told you when I went to the liquor store and these two, uh, a woman in front of me got mad with a woman behind the counter because she wasn't bagging her stuff up right. They had some words, man. I got the hell on out of there, bro. Okay. <laughs> hey, bro. And, and, and see, a lot of people, you say write a book. Hell, half these niggas, they got the Bible. Somebody wrote the Bible. These niggas don't know how to read that. So it ain't <laughs> 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 Somebody say, don't say nothing to me no more. Bro, if I say that to somebody or somebody said to me, all conversation cease, man. That's right. That's, you ain't lost that's, nothing. Yes, sir. I almost got to with a dude in Mississippi, man. We was at the county in Houston. Me and him had words. And he said, look, bro, don't say nothing to me no more. I, oh, I shut it down, man. I shut it down. That's right. When somebody, when somebody say that, that's time to shut it down. And then... uh most times, if I see somebody uh, black like me, if I don't catch their eyes, I ain't going to speak to them, man. They got to speak to me first. Right? If you got to go with eye tech, contact like Bell say, it's yeah. the eyes. I, I, I wouldn't care if I seen Beyonce or whatever look fine as Jane Kennedy or something. If we ain't making eyes, I ain't saying nothing, man. Okay? It's the eyes. That's just the eyes that's telling it all, man. I don't care. I'm with you, man. Yes, sir. That's if the eyes you know, don't meet me, I don't care if the brother or whatever, sister, my people, I like speaking to my people, man. You know, I'm down south, and I like speaking to my folk, man. But if you right. make eyes, especially if they got their hell in the phone in their hands, you can forget about trying to talk to somebody with that phone in their hand, bro. Plus, you know somewhere, when we yes, were sir. kids, man, we were taught when people yes, walk past you, if yes, you sir. make eye contact, you speak to them people. That's right. That's, That's right. Talk. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And I know who you're talking about with that bookworm. You're talking about old Randy. He getting a little salty, man. I know you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call no name. <laughs> hey, I know who you talking about, man. Some people that, you know, if I'm right and they if I'm right and I'm, and they wrong, and I know they want to be, they still wrong and I got the right information, I just say, okay, whatever you say, keep it moving, man. Yeah. Okay, even if I got the right information and they dead ass wrong, I'm not gonna sit there and tongue around with lolly dolly or nobody, man. That's life right. Too, life too short to be tongue around with anybody by anything, especially Negroes, man. Okay, I told yep. you, man. That's how I listen and learn, man. I ain't with all that talking. I love to be quiet, man. That's, and, and what they say, life and death is in that tongue, man. No question about it. You got to know how to we pump them brakes on that tongue. Hurry, how to hold it. Hold your yes, tongue. Sir. Yes, sir, man. And learn, my learn. Say, that little red rag at the bottom of your nose is going to get you killed. Yes, sir, man. And that's true right there, man. Especially a lot of these black women, man, that age. It's hard, man, for them to, to pump the brakes on that tongue, bro. So I just yep. let them go ahead. And we ain't arguing, and they just want to make a point. I let them go ahead and keep talking until these dogs get tired, man. I ain't going to interrupt them nothing. Go ahead. Yeah, that's, how, that's how I learned to talk to sisters, man. And don't ever try to tell them how to do their job, man. Just let them keep talking until these dogs get tired. Because we cannot out-talk no woman. No man can do it. It's well, a baby, if you're smart, you don't even attempt to, Wes. Don't if you're smart. <laughs> woman, man. That's just like Bab, no. Bab got a laugh on that one. <laughs> Yes, sir, man. I grew up with, with four, three, man. 
Because all of them, bro, that's why I learned how to listen, man. I could never get a word in my whole life. That's <laughs> <laughs> how so, so I learned to listen, man. This shit's fun to be alive, man. You can't do it, bro. It's virtually impossible, man. It's just your ass lockjaw. It's just you lockjaw, bro. I'm trying not to talk a woman, man. Just let her talk, man. She gets tired. And then, and most people, when they talking, I let them use their own words to pimp slap their own ass with their own words, man. <laughs> you pimp slap your own down by flapping. <laughs> what they say? A fish don't get caught until you open the damn mouth, right? That's how a fish get caught. <laughs> that was messing up boy Trump, man. He got to be right. He don't know how to pump the brakes, man. <laughs> he don't know how to pump the brakes, bro. But, I said, that's the thing that's going to get Trump in trouble, his mouth. Because that dude loves to talk. Can't help it. A lot of black people like that, too, man. Yeah. Okay, he is him, so he got some black in him somewhere, man, the way he got, man. (laughs) (laughs) Some black German in him, huh? Yeah, he's a black Mm -hmm. Archie Bunker. Black Archie Bunker. You can't help it, man. You can't help but bunk them dogs, man. That dude is one of a kind. Yes, sir. You one of a kind, man. And that's why oh, that's why you bought Obama when they asked him about reparations. That's why he said he ain't with reparations because you know his folk own slaves, so he got to pay up, man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no question. That's why he said he reparations, man. See, I listen to what people don't say, bro. Damn, when somebody say, I listen to what they don't say, I tell a lot, that's man. Right. That's right. That's how I see stuff, man. That's how we got Celine. It ain't what he's yeah. saying. It's what he ain't saying. You sitting in the middle of all that media, you've been writing yeah. for the Tribune, and you mean yeah. to tell me? Hey. Y'all go in and let me. You got to see Boyce. Boyce got to All right. So yeah. it, it got bigger. Yeah. He got some balls. Ready? He grew some balls now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name part on the list the way he talking ain't the ADL. He stopped stop his name on the list. Who name? That dog he got. What his name? Stop. He on the list oh, too with all oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> he just he let uh, Doctor X know somebody around. Yeah, he me co-signed to what I say. He co-signed. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, man, I met mean, that dude that called you the other time want to know every damn thing. That was old, old uh, Joe. What did you talk about Who the other that? time? Joe. That's all yeah. they do is try to copy out what we be saying. That's why I don't try to say too much when they on that. Oh, you know what I'm yeah. Talking about? Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's, yeah. that's, what do, that's what they do. That's what they do going on our programs and use our own shit against us. You know what I'm talking about? Who are you talking yeah. about? Well, it was another show she had on with some other uh, uh, melanin challenge person on there. Want to get in there talking about chat, BTT, whatever, and Chuck Mo show. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I knew who he was. That's what he do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but, uh, so what, what did he do? Huh? So what did he do? He came on Bell show and want to flap his mouth. You know what I'm talking about? Like y'all always do. That's how. That's how. That's how they learn shit. They take what we give, what we got, 
and we'll tell them and they use that shit against them. Yeah. That's all they, like you say. That's what they I do, know, man. I know Sidmo sized him up and kind of cut him down, didn't he? No, he, he didn't say, say nothing. He, he didn't, the guy, the guy, he... He didn't get outrageous. He knew he was in checkmate because we it was people sitting at the at the table at the mound table. Right. He know it wasn't no dummy table. Uh, right. He was there trying to find like they always do. Want to get our information, mm-hmm. but we give them and use it against mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. But so well, well, the morning, well, lady trying to pray, talking about she got some special prayers that 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 can heal people. You know she got that shit from one of us, man. <laughs> I ain't telling them shit what's going on. I'm going to be quiet. I tell y'all, and, and y'all contract not to tell no damn about it. All right? That's how I'm do. Secret agent, man. Double O Negro. But all right. Yeah, man. It's a fun time to be alive, man. To see all this crazy stuff what's going on, my brother. So yes, I'm just... Sir. I can figure out everything but how to get keep me way up well, man. This shit crazy. This, this is wild, man. This is crazy, man. But, man, anyway, it's all fun to be alive, man. Like, I'm still here, still ticking. So I'm doing something right, you know what I'm talking about, man. But, yeah, getting back to Celine, man, he trying to use a big-ass word to confuse people like you know everything, man. You know what I'm Just talking about? basically had his ignorance. Yeah, bro. What are you talking about? Card to take and all this other big-ass words to try to uh, press folks. just what you call that? Educated uh, 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 magician. That's what he trying to do. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to bring up. Uh, wait, hold on, Wes. You can stay on the line. I'm going to bring Tuckmos on because he might get dropped again. He got dropped last night. Okay. Uh, you live. Uh, 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 y'all can hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better love. You talking about mosquitoes Monday, right? So yeah, yeah. when them fools talk about taking something out the food chain, that fuck up the whole food chain, man. They take mosquitoes mm-hmm. out and that's going to fuck up the rest of the birds and every damn thing all the way up to us, man. So they got to be careful about yeah, what they're yeah. trying to do. Food chain, man. That fuck up the whole damn uh, 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 chain, chain of food. But we'll be quiet let you talk now. I'm done for right now. I'm using them. Yeah, yeah. For sure, man. Uh, whenever they start taking stuff away, you know, it's just going uh, to make it worse. Yo, yeah. um, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, I remember it was like a couple weeks ago when someone came on the show and I kind of said, I think this is a white person. So I didn't say yeah, that. Yeah, like that was, I was just said, what, I was going to let him talk. About. Yeah, yeah that's he, he wasn't saying, about. he wasn't saying nothing racist, but I could tell he was None, trying he wasn't like saying to, he was trying, he like, to deflect from the conversation. Yeah, but, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, man, um, hey, man, you can't Y'all stop them. What can you do? Them. They, don't, they don't expect us to know the things that we know, man. That's the female who um, was in this, the ticket store over hot dog stand. Yeah. Um it, it was a it was a wrong and right situation, right? Cause she probably was wrong. Um, uh, but her son to me did what he was supposed to do. 
If I see somebody wailing on my mother, I'm pulling out and yeah. popping them. What the heck? It's a grown man. I'm 14. You know, I'm I'm, I'm probably hey, going to go to juvie. Yeah. So right, I'm going to pop this guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the mother, should, her job should be to protect the child. So she probably exactly. should have put herself in that situation knowing she exactly. had her son with her. You know what I'm saying? However, yes. Oh, the son, what, what was he supposed to do? Like, yo, I, I got the gun. He punched well, her in the face. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. I probably would have did yeah. the same thing. But why uh-huh. if he got the gun, because the gun ain't registered in his name, why his mama ain't got the gun, because she could have alleviated all of that. If she got the gun, it's in her name. It belongs to her. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't get into it. I didn't get into the, the nuances of it. I just looked at it on the surface. Like, because they first, they, they just showed uh, um, the boy pulling out a gun and shooting the dude. So I'm thinking, damn, yo, why she just have her son go and shoot this dude? And then the next day they came out with the video that showed the confrontation she was having. And the son came in. You could kind of see he looked and did a double take. He yeah. tried to pull the gun out. He kind of messed up the first time, but he got it out. The second right. Time. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. it looked to me like that was organic. Like he saw his mom's in distress, figured out what was going on, and went. Now, to me, where they where she messed up at, up until that point, everything to me is looks look looks good. But if he left and then you chased him. And told him to finish him. That should be murder. You get what I'm saying? Because now, because the way it works in New York, and you know, the laws is different everywhere. But you right. subdued the threat. The threat is over. So now you're the aggressor. You get what I'm saying? So per se, yeah. um, uh, if someone comes and swings at me for no reason and hits me, and then I gather myself. And I punch this person three, four times, and now they on the ground. And then I proceed to stomping them. Now I'm gonna be charged for the stomping them because Correct. I have them on the ground. So right now the threat, I'm not in threat. You know what I'm saying? I defended myself, but now that I'm That's stomping true. him, and now this guy ends up brain dead. Now I'm responsible for making him brain dead, even though he attacked me. I should have stopped right. at that moment, which because is hard to do in the heat of the, the threat. Go ahead. No, uh-huh. I just said you basically have alleviated the threat once the person is on the ground. Exactly, yeah. So it's one of the tricky situations. Now, on the train, that white boy, um, he needs, he should go to jail for that because he didn't oh, have no. to get involved. You know what I'm saying? That's a crazy dude on the train. You got a million of them. You ignore them. You know what I'm saying? You get up and put the dude in a He ain't hit nobody. You put him in the chokehold, and then you held him there, yep. and some Dominican-looking dude helping you hold his arms while you choke him. That looked to me like that was excessive. You didn't have to touch him. Somebody don't touch you, don't touch them. Stop trying like to be superhero. I like to but here's the that. problem, sir. There's one small problem with that. You see, I agree with everything you said. Was he trying to kill the dude? And that's where the question comes in. Because afterwards... They supposedly propped him up. He was still breathing, so they was basically trying to save his life. 
They weren't trying to kill him. So back to the situation. The guy swings on me, and I punch him, knock him down, and I proceed right. to, to, to stomp him out. And then right. after he, I see he's unconscious, now we, we try to pick him up and help him now. I'm still getting charged with stomping him out. It doesn't defeat it, it, the way it works in New York. He's still getting charged. He should. The way it would work for us, we would still get charged with that. It's no way to get around. I don't see how he could get around that, other than the fact that he's white. Because plenty of black people is going to jail for exactly what he's done. You know what I'm saying? Now, unfortunately, well, fortunately, they did let the brother out. Now, this was a different situation. He had a knife. He was, um, I think he had uh, a job where he carried uh, a blade or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's on the train, and someone attacks a sister. And he defends the sister, and he pulls out the knife and stabs the man. That... That they they let him go today. They told him they dropped all the charges, but they locked the so they was trying to make the contractors in New York. Oh, they locked the black the white guy up, but they let the black guy go. You know they trying to make it look like you know. But huh? How did they let the black guy go with the knife? <laughs> Even if he defending the sister, because he was he was defending the sister. Yeah. And the person yep. he was who the person who was attacking the sister, I believe, also had a knife or something like that. So it was Uh-oh. it well, was that's, huh? That's different. So the perpetrator yeah. and the victim had the knife. Exactly, exactly. Something like that. <laughs> but either way he was he was defending so if it wasn't the, a sister, he was defending an old person. He was defending someone that couldn't defend himself. And this person was physically assaulting that person like you know the person was was unable to defend himself so he jumped in and now, go, um, to the bodega. go to the bodega uh-huh where the, the bodega the where the guy jumped behind the, the counter and he, go ahead uh-huh yeah they let go that dude go he but got he got off of that they was charging him at first it was the outcry was so great they let him go. Yeah, that was some nonsense. See, once again, New York, the laws are very different. You know what I'm saying? It's now it's these laws are meant for us. You know what I'm saying? These laws is meant y'all ain't getting away with nothing. You know, that's- and that that that's why I tell people on the, this this could be the most racist place in the country. But it won't look like it because you would think Mississippi or, you know, Louisiana or something, but it's so embedded in the system itself. Because when you go before a judge in New York, you're going before a Jew. You're dealing with the cops, the COs, you're dealing with the Irish. You know, like, it's 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 embedded. It's in their system, you know what I'm saying? Um, we got but, the same here. We got gangs. You got gangs in New York. We got gangs in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago and New York, very similar, very similar. You know, Irish, Irish, Italian, Jewish, you know what I'm saying? Very similar. Oh, yeah. Oh, and um, probably probably the only part of the South like that is uh, New Orleans with the Irish, Italian, Jewish thing, you know what I'm saying? Not so much the Jewish thing, but they definitely got the Irish and the Italian 
You know, that a right. lot of the mob stories take place down there. Yeah, what you saying, right. Westbrook? I say the Irish used to be the first police, man, slaves catchers. But the Jews was the plantation owners, man, the Rothschilds. So they had the Irish to be the slave catchers, man. And uh, I'm yeah. going back to uh, 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 that thing in New York where they uh, they, they joke out thing. I never seen the beginning, man. See, I like to see the beginning of the stuff, man. All you right. see is dude on the ground choking. But uh, uh, getting back to the NBA, okay, NBA finna go like a uh, uh, baseball, man. John Morant, the last Negro, man. You see they're getting all these foreign Africans to play basketball, okay? They tried to get rid of Alvin Iverson back in the day when he started doing all that crazy stuff. So David, uh, what are the names, uh, that, that reptile name, uh, commissioner, he's tired of these Negro thugs, John Morant now, man. They finna do like baseball, man. American nigga, he about, he, hey, y'all finna get kicked out of the NBA, bro. All right, that's what's coming, man. Yeah, well, you might, it's uh, going to be, um, <laughs> um, it's going to be difficult in the NBA, but I definitely see um a trend taking place with these foreign-born players coming in. And they're very, um, very skilled, and yep. they're very um humble. They don't have the culture. They don't come from the culture we come from. So they don't they don't have that, you know, weighing them down. You get what I'm saying? Your job wants to show guns because that's culturally appropriate because every rapper does it in their video, right? And, um, and look, Zion wants to go get the big big booty chicks because that's, that's what all the rappers got, right? So, yeah. Wasn't it just a couple of years ago that we talked about uh, – Ja or Ya, <laughs> the two biblical you, figures to the NBA that you was going to storm. The, the two brothers that just got drafted, they twins. One's named Asar, yep. and the other one's yep. name is Amen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They twins. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, I remember that. But did you did you watch the tape I sent you on? Um, sent you an email with Ice Cube talking about um, how the NBA is screwing him over? Yes, I did. And um, I also watched an interview recently, Kevin Garnett, talking about some of the ways that he said um, all these dudes' problems, you know, they, they cover up a lot of stuff for you until you sign that max deal. And then they, then they, then they start pulling all your stuff out in the media. So he was mm-hmm. showing and saying, like, you know, John Morant and Zion both signed their max deals. And they this is the first year they're going to get paid the super max money, uh, $40 million or whatever they're going to get. And, you know, now, now they go after you. He said they did it to him. He was naming all the players they did it to. The, the year after you, the year you signed your deal, you know, the, the year that that money kicked in because you signed the year before, you're still making a little, you know, you're still making ten million, but next year you guarantee forty for the next five six years. So they start yeah. tearing you down right then. And um, I was like, wow, man. But what they doing to Ice Cube? See, this is this is because I thought that his league would work if he was able to um get the retired, the, the newly retired players, you know. Cause say he got Carmelo Anthony on the team. Carmelo just retired. You know, uh, Dwight Howard on the team. You know, guys who 
instead of, you know, who who's still good enough to play in the NBA, but they kind of lost a step, you know. And now they can go in this three-on-three three and, you know, get one-on-one, you know, be like more like a practice for them, you know, and they, they'll be able to stay, still have a five, six years added on to their career and make money. But right. I didn't know the NBA was behind there to making sure that all the sponsors won't, any sponsor that wants to do business with the NBA can't be affiliated with them. And any, uh, all the, the major on, news networks can't even talk about them. And yeah. what was interesting, he said, when he started, he had these Jewish partners. And yeah. he said the NBA didn't want to work with us then, but they didn't want to shit on their own people. So they allowed him to function, you know, barely. They allowed them to, you know, but he said when he decided, man, let's, I want to get rid of these partners and just do it on my own, he said, man, they, they flipped on him so fast. And, you know what I'm saying? He should have yeah. made a copy of that. He should have made a, 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 a audio tape of it and sent it to Russell Simmons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you see Puff Daddy today. Um, Savak, the, the liquor company, dropped him. Uh, he, they said because he's suing them. Now, see these rappers, they make you that you know the way they. Um, they sell us, they sell us black wealth that don't exist, right? So the puffy, they selling us that he owns this liquor company, you know, and he he's a partner with them or some way that he's and he's showing this affluent lifestyle in the commercials while he's drinking the Savak and now everybody in the in the hood feels like, yo, I gotta get this drink because you know that 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 means success. So they selling these bottles for crazy money. And he only right. gets one to three percent of the total sales of the product. Of course. Right? So, but what they the way they worked it was said, listen, if you come up with a new product, we'll give you ten percent of the new product. So he comes up with all these other types of savoc savak and watermelon savak and this that, and the other, but savak labels those as urban greens. <laughs> Even though it's just the Savak with a little watermelon taste to it, they yeah. put it as urban so they don't advertise it. So he's suing them saying, listen, I made all these grants, and the deal is I get a percentage of the money, but you're not advertising it. Yet, so nobody's ordering it to be in their bars because they don't even know it exists. You just got my stuff looking like it, it ain't selling. And... um so, you know, he sued them saying that they did it to him because he's black all of a sudden. Oh, because I'm black, they did it to me. But um, either way, they just, they dropped his ass today. So ain't no, no more of that Ciroc money for Puffy. You know what Q, I'm saying? A dubber and dub the copy of that same conversation and send Puff Daddy a copy of <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. But it's, it's all coming. Man, I tell you, this is the Kanye West effect. He said That's it, right. and now it's all peeling back, right? My wife just said it to me. So Kanye was the realest one because yeah, he right. said it, and he stuck to it, and now Adidas is calling his ass up crying. They want to cut yep. a new $10 billion deal for him to make the sneakers again because they lost all their damn money, and they, they right. stopped, their investors is going crazy, and they already paid them $500 million so they could use the name on the stuff they couldn't sell. 
So he got them by the balls right now. Yeah, he's walking around right. his pajamas and shoulder pads looking crazy as all damn hell. But <laughs> I got to hand it to the brother, man. He, he broke them. He broke the system. He exposed all this Jewish stuff in the industry, and they can't hide it anymore. Russell's exposed. And, they, and I'm just waiting for Jay Z's day to come. That's right. It's coming. It's, it's coming. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone not get it yet. Michael got it. Everyone, you know, Quincy oh, yeah, might be the only one who didn't get it. Uh, they starting on Jay Z and Beyonce. I saw a female had a show and she was talking about the rituals. Uh, that they're doing, so they it's just get, it's getting started. Hey, y'all left out one person very significant, and this has been blowing my brain up because I've seen at Who? least three videos on Oprah Winfrey. One of them, oh yeah, they uh, started on her. Yeah, they on her. They saying she been grooming people for years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah man, she's a handler. Man on the plantation, man on the plantation, bro. Okay. That's her role, man. But the truth coming out on all these demons, man. Oh, I love them, man. Yeah. That's going to come out on him, some nasty stuff, man. Okay, I got the oh, word out on some nasty who? shit, what he's been doing, man. Who? Let me uh, open up the that. line. Yeah, oh, he's been nasty, else, he's been nasty since. Yeah. He's been nasty since he came out. It was always rumors of nastiness around him. And, yeah, um, and, um, if y'all remember Wendy Williams, she she used to yep. she used to talk about gay people all mm-hmm. the time. That's why they love her, right? But she'll mm-hmm. point out who's really gay, you know. And she would she couldn't say his name, but she was calling him the gay rapper. And everyone would be guessing who's the gay rapper, you know what I'm saying? But uh, so drop hints. I was at a party last night at the such and such club that the gay rapper was hosting. And then, so you like, who had a party last night at this club? So you kind of, oh, it was a bad boy party. You know what I'm saying? So you start putting the pieces together. And, um, you know, that costed her, her career in New York, man. They, well, who she was the number about? one. Her name Wendy Williams. No, I'm saying, who was she talking about? LL? She was talking about Puff Daddy. And she oh, was dropping Puffy. it, but she couldn't, say, <laughs> she couldn't say his name. She would drop hints. You know right. what I'm saying? She'll be yeah, like the that, gay that, rapper, you know, can't stop, that, won't that, stop. That, that was, so you know who she talking she kept, about. She huh? kept that broad and ambiguous, though, bro. She kept it broad and ambiguous <laughs> because it represented a lot of people, from Mr. C to LL to Puffy. She even implied uh, R. Kelly was on that same kick uh, back in the day. She yeah. she, she, it she it did it a certain way. She framed it a certain way to deal with a lot of people. Even the rapper Red Man got caught up in that. It was specific uh, events that they would throw, bad boy would throw. And she would, you know, be in the radio, would be there. And she would say, you know, I was with the gay rapper last night at his event. So you kind of, you know, I get what you're saying. She kind of left it ambiguous. But it cost her her job. That and a, hey, another hey, altercation George she Matthews had. Broke her down. Hey, hey, tell me. George, George Matthews broke her down, man. Ooh, he sure did. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I never liked her until she got on TV. You know what I'm saying? But brother yeah, Robert, I got a question for brother. I got a question for brother Robert X. 
Now, a yes. few years ago, see, you got so many damn programs, bro. It's hard to go through and find something specifically I'm looking for. It. Okay, uh, you probably got over a thousand programs. So, uh, you spoke on uh, the spook who sat by the door and him being a friend of yours, and then you realized, I guess he admitted that he was still working in intelligence, and you he decided at that moment in time that you would go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. And then you decided at that time that you had to kind of part ways and, and get away from him. But can you kind of speak on that again to refresh my my mind? Yeah, we were <clears throat> Sam Greenlee. He was the guy you're talking about, the spook that sat by the door. Worked for the intelligence community, but he was a part-time host on this radio station. You always hear us talking about me and Brother West on WVON. But he always respected me, and he, he let me know that even before he became a host, he respected me because he, he knew that I was doing research, okay? Now, that could have been a come on because black intelligence agents are basically are there to check black influencers. And, and I would consider myself a black influencer here in Chicago at the time. So we end up meeting and becoming friends. Just based on him writing the book, the step, step by the door. So uh, uh, we were out at the park about ten years ago, maybe a little less. And this is at the park where you know Malcolm came to speak, Washington Park here in Chicago. Now pretty much part of the killing zone. Anyway, you got a bunch of elders sitting around, and uh, there's this circle. And each person that wants to talk has to go into the circle while everybody else, uh, the elders or whoever else is there, are listening to what you're saying, and then they get to ask you questions or make comments or whatever. And he disagreed with uh, something that I said, a position that I took, and he admitted openly that he still worked for the intelligence community. I've gone to this dude's house over the years, and sat in there and smoked weed with him, right? Because this is Sam Greenlee, the spook that sat by the door, had a movie about that book back in the 60s and 70s. Come on, son. He's like an icon in the black community. But he explained to me that he was still working for the intelligence community. At that point, it dawned on me why he would give me extra time when I called into his program, because now I'm a regular on his program, and he's asking me questions about certain things, right, to get the information out of me. From that point on, he died about four or five years ago. So from the four or five years that that took place before he died, I didn't have much to talk to him about. Last time I talked to him, he said he was going back to Spain. Spain is notorious for being racist. Openly. Okay. Well, you know, the reason I ask you, brother, is because we got a lot of people on social media platforms. They love to play the role of the spook who sat by the door. And I remind them, of what you told me. Yeah. And uh, 
a lot of them are just kind of perplexed, and they've been pushing that so long, they don't they don't really want to adhere to what 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 they're being told. So I want right. to get the story from you again, because I just want to make sure that uh, when I'm talking to these people, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually uh, take a clip of this show and I'm going to keep it for people that yeah. I feel really need to hear this in the future. And uh, I'm going to play it back for them so that they can hear from you. And like I said, yeah. I've been rocking with you for about damn 13 years now. So uh, you on the record probably more than any other researcher and teacher that we got in the black community. I don't know nobody that's put as much information out there as you uh, since I've been dealing with you. And you can name any of them in the conscious community. I'm just you know saying, that you got permission. You, you on the record every single week. I say that again. I say you're on the record every single week, and yes. I can go and verify and look up everything you say. Okay, yes. I can't do that with some of everybody else. Some of what they say, you can't find nothing on it. You know. Yep. So uh, I'm glad you kind of refreshed my memory. And you didn't have me go dig through uh, 700 programs to find this this piece that I need, uh, <laughs> need to hear from you, bro. But Here's the moral it. to the story. If he's a spy, get your hat and leave. You're done. That's right. That's right. That's right. Once That's they right. in, they never get out. Once they Look, in, they never get out. This, this, this no brother on here now, Salim Muakil. Tell him, Brother West, do I call into that program? No, no. You don't. You don't. So, me, I got your back, man. I call in with information. Like Brother Man say, I give you receipts, man. And I yes, say you can look it up. I give you receipts so they can look it up, man. Because he That's don't want to listen. I, I, I do it for the edification of all my people, everybody. Look it up. That's why I like you, y'all. That information y'all said tonight with these folks that got me an ass slaves, man. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They got to thank the sister, sister Fair for sending me that link. On the white people, <laughs> you got to love that, man. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't gonna I say nothing. Lindsey Graham had a lot of slaves in his family too, but there was one guy. He had like eighty something slaves, brother. Yep, yep. And Pocahontas, Pocahontas had slaves. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, talking about she she Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, Pocahontas. She had slaves. <laughs> well, look, brother. I just want to. I want to thank you for the information and uh, Sister Beth. Thanks for that link. I'm gonna keep listening on Okay. Here. Thank y'all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Better love. Yeah. Brother, better love. I'm, I'm had one slave, though, man. I'm like, hey, what you, where you going with one slave, man? What you, what kind of fact you got? Now, all those ones we said they had one slave. I said, what they doing with just one slave, man? You need more than one slave. They were probably running away and got blinded, couldn't go nowhere. <laughs> but I, I, my question for you is, Moss, uh, what's, what's going? What do you think is going to happen with this Russia situation? I give it a few weeks, but uh-huh. knowing Putin as I think I do, he's assessing the situation because he's made it quite clear that he has no toleration for traitors. 
So I think what he's going to do is he's going to split up that uh, unit of soldiers that uh, this dude was running, and uh, somewhere on the line, dude's going to be in big trouble. He may end up dying. That's what I'm talking about. He's walking dead. And they need to get his ass out of Africa because he messed it up in Sudan. They all in Africa sitting stuff, man. They in Africa so destabilizing oh, stuff with China. Yeah, he a businessman. He's a businessman. He's so dead, man. That's a, the leader of this, this paramilitary group. He's a businessman. Yeah, man. He know how to run a hot dog stand. I heard that. that's exquisite, man. He started from a hot dog stand, man. Yeah. Moved up to being Putin chef, a billionaire, man. That's pretty good. You might get about a, uh, Russia doesn't have American type story. That's an American story, right like, there. Yeah, you went from a hot dog stand to a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? That's a good trick. Somebody was saying hello in the background, Bill. You let somebody else on? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. No one else. Oh, okay. So I heard somebody. My bad. My bad. I expect Pedrosian to either uh, get killed by Putin, because from what I read, it's the uh, the president of uh, the the uh, what's the country that he's in now? Belarus. Belarus. He begged Putin not to kill him. I just got through reading that today, but I decided to put it to the side because I want to kind of hold that back, all right? And the other thing that I thought was interesting, because, see, I know the intelligence community must have gave him some of them billions to do that. There's no way in hell of leaving out NATO, MI6, and the CIA. I think they were all part of the promising him that they're going to basically make him the next president if he plays his cards right of Russia. So he sticks his chest out. Guess what? I saw an article today that was alluding to that, that mm-hmm. they was kind of pissed off at him. Why is MI6 and the CIA pissed off at Pedrosian? Because he yeah. swallowed his tongue and didn't go through with the plan. Yeah, you get back what you were talking about earlier, man, about how they read in disguises. And, and see, they, they they did that in uh, what's that? The Boston Tea Party when they dressed up like us. That, right. Like they bad England, man. They dumped in our disguise. They've been doing that a long time, man. Oh, that's what wolf put on that sheep clothing, and they be the wolf, man. That's how they do we, it, bro. We know who the master of disguise is, man. Yep. <laughs> they run Hollywood. They change their yes, names sir. and everything else. Yep. They've been doing it for years. <laughs> All the fame on them, man. They change their name, man. The names will be changed to protect the guilty. Yep. So, Cary Grant, right? Rock Hudson, they leaning yep. men, right? Mm-hmm. But they take in the butt all day long. Yes, sir. You leading know. men. <laughs> Where they lead men to? <laughs> <laughs> the butt hole, man. They all them butt broken, man. Got 
to do that to get it, to get to the roads, man. They got to do that, man. It's amazing, brother. Uh, who's the Roger Moore is the saint, but yeah. uh, he's closer to ass than any role of Charmin you'll ever see. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right, James Bond. Check and out the new Bond, right? The one yeah. they just killed, right? Yeah, check out an old show, uh, show called One Step Beyond, man. You ever heard of that Look, show? Can he kiss a woman? They cut the scene and go to something else. <laughs> yep. Daniel Craig. But the, what you said earlier about they put the black women, they doing all the interracial shit down, man. Even the, uh, what's that, that show? That new movie came out? The Little Mermaid, man. That was mind control to get the little black girl to fall for the white boy, man. Okay? That's all the Little Mermaid about, man. I heard about it, Brother West. I'm telling you something that's even more insidious. They got Samuel Jackson undercover in Russia as a black man. <laughs> he's walking down the street speaking fluent Russian, and he's the only spook in the show so far. But he undercover. How you going to hide? <laughs> Blacks all over the world, man. There's some black people over in Russia, man. I know it. Right, right. But I see what you're saying, though. Even, even uh, you look at uh, what's that? Them damn British, uh, what them knights, uh, the one that uh, them gods, they got that damn bow hat. Okay, they used to be us with them big ass froze, man. That's why they got that. Yeah, bad I heard hat. that. Yeah, they used yeah, to be us, that. man. Now, oh, oh, you're talking about the uh, royal guard, the soldier, yeah, the guard, yeah, look like Afro hat. I seen an old yeah. picture of one that looked like us, man, with a big ass fro, man. Yeah, I seen that picture. No, you need to, you need to see these Jews. They got the big hat like that, but it's in a cube. It's a, it's a straight cube, and they wear that in the winter time. Big cube hats. It's a whole sect of these um. The Hasidic Jews, you know, that, that we call them the cube heads when we see them. Like, oh, there's the cube head Jews, you know. You got some that got the round hat, big fuzzy round hat that looks like an apple. But this one is like the cobble, you know what I'm saying? The cube is a, yeah, I'll send you a picture of it, man. It's, you don't want to go knock. You got to knock. So you know they copied off us. Well. Only thing, thing they can do is eat some damn locks, man. If, right. if we get if we get quiet, we gonna run them down, brother. <laughs> if we ever learn how to control our mouths, we gonna run go. them down. They ain't gonna know how to deal with us because we ain't gonna tell them. That's right. That's <laughs> right, brother. That's I do. Absolutely right. I'm trying to teach all my folks to do that, man. Yep. I'm well, worn out, everyone. y'all. Okay, we we down to our last few minutes. So uh, thanks, everyone. Thank you, Dr. X. And uh, we uh, will continue. Who are, oh, let's see, Friday. Who I got coming on? Oh, I think Grinch Crenshaw will be with us Friday. Excellent. So thanks, everyone. Uh, looking forward to next week. My Hotep and better love. Okay.
Hotel. Yeah, that's Hotel. 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 You know what I mean? You got, got your way to have your weight up, though. You know what I'm saying? You want to get him some play with you, you might have to. Exactly. See? See? Yeah, yeah. See? You stuff like that. See? See? Yeah, I had to get my thing together to, to get this cat to play with me. I've seen him with uh, Julie Dexter. He's with Angie Stone quite a bit. Um, okay. Man, I can't remember. A bunch of people, you know what I mean? But right off the bat, I've seen him, like, in a small place. I'm like, I'm getting them. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. So, okay, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're just going to get into it. How about that? All right, let's go. Um, man, Anthony David, you know, and Brandon, um, on guitar also. Um, cut that music and let's, you know, let's play some songs. You, you do what you do. Okay. We're going to get right into it. Okay. Um, I like that. That's Brandon on guitar. Brandon on uh, drums. So, again, this is uh, from the album As Above, So Below. This version actually is on I Told Talk. This one is called Let Me In, right?
kind of darling. 